words of love if you find someone and you can tell them all the things I mention here and really mean it. Well, you're screwed because you're in love. If you receive these messages, well, you're lucky and you are screwed because now you have to worry if they are sincere. Either way you will be screwed for sure and not just by the way I just mentioned. The good fun screw I am hinting at. These are both messages I received, which I edited, or messages I sent. I'm so completely in love with you. I wake to think of you and I sleep to see you in my dreams. Every day seems like a blessing since I have met you. I feel so lucky and honored to be in love with you with all of my heart. I love you with all my heart darling, from the moment we met until I take my last breath, I will always love you. You are make my heart beat. You are the dream I have every night. I miss you so much. I cannot wait to be with you. I will keep loving you, till the sun shines no more. You make me want to see the sunrise every day, to know it's another day where I can have you by my side soon, and having to wake up with the knowing that someone like you loves me, makes life worth living. I love you so much my sweet. Heart it feels like we just met yesterday. But at the same time it feels like I have known you all my life. You make time meaningless. In fact, you make everything else feel meaningless because the only thing that matters is you. You have brought so much light into my life and I would be lost without talking to you. You are the first thing I think of when I wake up and I'm looking forward to a life where I will wake up next to you, not needing to imagine you because you will be sleeping right there next to me and not seeing you has been slowly driving me insane. I cannot wait until the day when we live together. Sometimes you suck. Sometimes you make me want to bang my head against the wall. Sometimes you are so frustrating. But all of those times I still love you. I will love you every day of my life. I will love you when you're in a rough mood. I will love you when you are sick and whining. I will love you even when you are being a pain in my ass because I know you do the same with me for the same reason. You love me good and bad. And you know I do too. When I looked at you today, I realized that my feelings for you grow deeper, richer, and more satisfying to me as time goes by. Whenever something good happens, you're the first person I want to tell when something bad happens. I know that I can count on you to take me in your arms and tell me everything will be alright. Being apart from you is more difficult than I ever imagined. And I see reminders of you everywhere I look and they make me act to be near you. I want to spend the rest of my life sleeping next to you and I can't imagine it otherwise. I know that sounds braggy but I mean it when I say that I think we make the perfect couple. We understand each other. We listen to each other. We inspire each other to become stronger with each passing day. I hate being apart from you. But our long distance love gives me something to look forward to each and every day. I keep counting down the moments until I get to Feel your arms wrapped around me until I get to fall asleep to the sound of your soft breathing until I get to hear your laugh the second it leaves your lips instead of through the phone. I love you and I miss you. But the pain of not seeing you is worth it. You are worth it and I would wait a lifetime for you you are so cute when you smile. I'm thankful for you. I love it when my hands are entangled in yours. And when I lay my head on your chest. I love listening to your heartbeat.
It makes me feel so safe. I know nothing bad can happen to me. As long as I'm in your arms. You inspire me to chase my dreams and be the best person I can be. Whenever I'm with you, I do not have to try hard to be someone who I'm not. I can just be myself. Thank you for this. I hope you know how much you matter to me. I miss you. I love you with all my heart and your silly, sweet smile warms my soul. Your eyes make me weak in the knees. I just want to kiss you and wrap my arms around you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being mine. You are the dream I've been waiting for. My life is music. My love is colorful, and every day is fruitful. All because of you my love. I love you with the kind of love. That's more than love. I miss you so much when we are apart, then I begin to look at old messages from you to make me feel better. When you put your arms around me, I feel that my heart is safe with you. Always. I know that you will protect me from whatever life may bring our way. There's no better feeling in the world than knowing that I make you happy. And I know of no greater happiness than to be with you all the time. Thank you, darling. I don't ever want to know what life feels like without you by my side. Do you know magic? Whenever you are near, everything else disappears. All that is left is just you and me. Thank you for sharing your love with me. I want to know everything about you. The more I get to know you, the more I love you. The more I love you, the more I never want to let you go. Everything you do makes me fall more and more in love with you. I can't really find the words to explain the way I feel when I hear your voice or when I see your face. All I can say is that I like the feeling. It only takes a minute for me to start missing you. My favorite thing in the world to hold is your hands. Your heart is my favorite thing to love. I will always be with your side, my sweetie pie. The very first moment I beheld you, my heart was irrevocably gone. I love you, babe. I want to spend my forever with you. Moreover, I wish I could go back in time so I could meet you sooner and spend even more time with you. You're the one person in this world I need to talk to when I'm having a bad day. The one person who will never judge me. You're my best friend, my rock, my lover. To say that you are my boyfriend just doesn't do you justice. Giving you my heart and loving you are the best things I ever could have done. My life has changed for the better because of you. The day I met you was the best and I hope what we have will last as long as I live or I don't know what I would do without you. I cannot imagine the rest. You are my handsome sweet and lovely boyfriend. But. Sometimes I think that you are an angel that was sent to me from God. I feel free to tell you anything without holding back. And that's because you always understand me so well. a hot dinner date coming. Now all you need to do is to cook some delicious and romantic for a meal for that special person. What do you make? Do you want to make a great impression so what can you do to make it memorable? Here are a few ideas. 
I like making delicious, easy, tender, and ready in just 15 minutes. Sounds perfect, yes. It is filet mignon. It is the most tender of all beef. Cuts. It guarantees a mouth-watering experience. Another really good choice is classic shrimp scampi pasta. This garlicky, creamy, and buttery, rich and classic shrimp scampi pasta is going to be a super hit for your date to enjoy. Another great idea for dinner is fettuccine al burro. It is one of the classic and rich Italian pasta recipes that is creamy, buttery, and cheesy, and where fettuccine. Pasta is tossed in the best and easy homemade Alfredo sauce. After you decide what you want to make then it's important to set the right mood. Create a romantic dinner table set up for two. It helps so you enjoy an intimate dinner date with someone special. Choose decorations and accent pieces that have meaning to your date, such as favorite colors or flowers, to show your significant other you. Thought especially of them when planning the event. Select a quiet room to set up the romantic dinner table so you can relax and enjoy dinner with each other without disruptions. Select elegant dinnerware for the table, such as a modern style white china. Avoid mismatched plates, bold colors, or unusual patterns. Lay a single rose across your date's plate for a romantic gesture. Coordinate the dinnerware with a matching set of ornate utensils. Place a clear glass next to each plate for water as well as a wine glass, if alcohol is being served. In addition to candles and flowers, there are many creative ways to set the tone for your special meal. Be creative and try to come up with something memorable as important. Flowers are a natural complement to candles, but make sure they do not obscure the natural flicker of light. Choose florals that match the theme of the dinner such as roses for romance, or exotic tropical varieties for an island theme. Hand-picked flowers in a casual vase can be very cozy, while lavish arrangements can signify the importance of a special occasion. Vases should match your dinnerware if at all possible. Okay now you're wondering what on earth you talked about and say here are a few suggestions. Don't ask them all at once, that would be weird. Just pick one or two at a time. If you were by yourself and could do anything you wanted for one day, what would you do? What is your most vivid childhood memory? If you could wake up tomorrow and have one new ability or talent, what would it be? What advice would you give your younger self? What do you hope? People think when they think of you. If you have kids, what's the most important thing you hope your kids take with them out into the world? Who has been kindest to you? If you could hold on to just one memory for the rest of your life, what would it be? When you imagine yourself at 80 years old, what do you see? What are you most grateful for? You can also try a few other things like Would you? Rather if you're in the mood for something more lighthearted, play a game of would you rather. For example, would you rather be lost in a desert or at sea? Would you rather be an amazing singer or an amazing dancer? Dedicate a romantic toast to your partner. If the date's going well capture the moment with a picture as a souvenir. Lose the cell phone. No date, especially when you've been together. For a while, occurs without at least one partner checking their phone. At dinner, 
one or both of you may put it on the table as if it's a pet that could nibble from one of your plates. Try eliminating cell phones from the date. It will help you direct your attention toward each other. The most important thing is to be genuine and real with each other. Be yourself and relax don't stress out your date will pick up on your attitude and hopefully behave the same. Try these jobs and have an awesome dinner date with that special person. No matter what stage you're at in your relationship, it's important for couples to carve out special time for one another. Whether it's regular date nights, saving up for a big event, or indulging in the little things as often as you can, all these romantic acts nurture your relationship and keep your bond strong. Build a campfire. Ignite the flames of passion in a smoky approved way by gathering. Around a campfire in your backyard. If your municipality doesn't allow fires, huddle by the fireplace instead or even make esmores in the microwave. Watch the sunset. Find a beautiful setting, whether in a clear field or on top of a hill, to watch the sunset. Look at the colors of the sky together and slowly watch as the sun settles below the horizon. Make dinner together from scratch. Spending. Time in the kitchen with your partner can be really romantic, and then you can sit down to eat a candlelight dinner that you created yourself. Watch a romantic movie. Or, rent a few of them and have a movie marathon. Make sure to find some from several decades ago and compare them to the romantic movies that have come out in more recent years. Visit the zoo or aquarium. Come on, even fish are cute. Show your sensitive side and squee over some new fuzzy or fin friends. Read each other romance novels. Grab some steamy reading from your local library or used bookstore and take turns reading to each other. You'll be in the mood before you can say once upon a time. Go camping. Snuggling under the stars is a cliché for a reason. Pitch a tent in the backyard if you don't have a campground nearby. Rent a paddle boat. Find a local lake that rents paddle boats for the day and spend an afternoon on the lake alone with your partner, enjoying the views and the quiet sounds. And feed each other chocolate. This is a slow and romantic way to set the scene for a romantic evening at home. Make chocolate-covered strawberries and take turns with your partner feeding them to each other. Bring a picnic to the park. If it is a sunny day or a nice evening, pack up a picnic and take it to a local park sit on the grass, watch as other people go by, and enjoy a leisurely meal together outside. If there is a pond, Make sure to save some breadcrumbs from your meal to feed the ducks. Take a dance class. Nothing is more romantic than a night of dancing. Often, you can find studios that offer classes for newbies and couples. Try out a form of dance that is new to both of you, such as salsa or swing dancing. Don't stress out about doing the steps perfectly, just have fun with it. People watch. Sit somewhere outside where a lot of people tend to walk by and come up with crazy backstories for people as they pass you by. Go thrift shopping. This is the ultimate treasure hunt. You never know what you are going to find and it is a fun to do with your partner so you can share the thrill. 
Plan an outdoor adventure Take your boyfriend on a romantic outdoor adventure like a hike to a viewpoint, camping, kayaking or backpacking. Turn your phones off and enjoy each other's company and nature's beauty. Take him out of town Get a change of scenery and book a weekend trip. Getaway The destination you choose should reflect his interests Some possible destinations include wineries, big cities, the countryside, or the seaside. Relieve your first date Take it back to where it all started by reliving your first date. Try to make it as authentic as you can by wearing the outfit what you wore and ordering what you ordered if at a restaurant. It will a really fun way to reminisce and see how far you've come as a couple. Go to a spa. Sure, some guys may feel intimidated by the thought of a couple's day at the spa, but once you get there, your man will probably be thanking you. Purchase a couple's treatment package like a massage or a mud wrap. Try to find a spa that offers a lot of services so you can make the experience into an entire day of relaxation. Gift 4. His pet If your boyfriend puts his pet's needs before his own, your devout dog or cat dad would definitely appreciate a gift for his fur baby. Try a personalized food bowl set or a DIY heart bandana. Go to a local bed and breakfast. Take a staycation at a unique B&B with a romantic room, and let someone else prepare breakfast for you in the morning. Take a bubble bath. You can't get more romantic than this. Wait until it is dark outside so you can take a candlelit bath. Put on some soft music, keep the water warm and just soak and relax with your partner. You can even add some essential oils to make the bath even more relaxing. Play Twister. This can get very romantic, depending on what kinds of positions you end up getting into. Also, it will bring out the kid in you. Indulge his adrenaline junkie side If your boyfriend has an adrenaline junkie side, look into an activity he's been impassioned about. Some of these activities might include outdoor and indoor skydiving, paragliding, or parasailing. If he likes activities like motocross or mountain bike riding, make homemade ice cream. You can get an inexpensive homemade ice cream maker and play around with some creative flavors that you make up together. Dance in the rain. Of course, you will only be able to do this if the weather permits, but it makes for a very romantic memory. Ask each other powerful questions. Asking questions can be really fun and enlightening, especially if you have been married for a long time and think you know everything about each other. This will definitely have the two of you connecting and laughing in no time. Blindfolded surprise date Take any surprise date idea to the next level by blindfolding and kidnapping your boyfriend. He will have no clue where you're taking him, making the surprise much more fun. Pro tip, blindfold him with a new tie that he gets to keep as a gift. Go to a drive-in movie. Yes, these still exist in some cities. Cuddle up in the back of your car with your partner and watch a movie out in a little more privacy than you would in a movie theater. Send him a care package A care package is a great gift because you can customize it to his specific interests and needs. Try including a combination of a sweet treat, something on his wish list and a thoughtful DIY gift something that reminds him of you find a fireplace. There are very few things that are more romantic than sipping wine in front of the fire. If you do not have a fireplace in your house, 
Find a local restaurant or hotel that has one that you can enjoy. Rent a plush hotel suite for the evening. You can pretend you are on an expensive vacation for the night. Treat yourself to room service and just spend the evening with each other, knowing that someone else will pick up after you. Make breakfast. If you had a romantic night, wake up and keep the togetherness going. Team up to make a decadent homemade breakfast and eat it in bed. Pancakes include simple ingredients that most people have on hand, so whip some up, put on a pot of coffee and listen to some Sunday morning jazz. Give each other a massage. Take turns giving each other a massage. You can do this in front of a movie or in bed while listening to relaxing music. The physical touch will be relaxing and romantic. Turn your power off. Act as if you don't have power and as the sun goes down, light some candles and turn off your televisions and phone. Spend the evening in the glow of candlelight talking and spending quality time with each other instead of focusing on electronics. Surprise him with Flirty photos surprise your boyfriend with cute and flirty photos of yourself. Get a friend who has a good eye for photography to help you out or take them yourself with a timer. Some cute ideas include wearing his favorite team's jersey, cosplay from his favorite movies and shows, his work clothes or something else that represents his interests. Write him a letter or poem in a digitally dominated world. A handwritten letter from the heart is one of the most personal and thoughtful gifts you could give. If you have a way with words, consider writing poetry and reading it aloud for him. Breakfast or brunch in bed get his day off to a great start by serving him breakfast or brunch in bed. Heart-shaped pancakes, eggs and potatoes are sure to put a smile on his face, try serving it up with a pink or red smoothie or a refreshing mimosa. Tour your hometown. Because you live there and experience your area every day, you may wonder why other people see your hometown as a vacation destination. Find the things around your town that a tourist would definitely have on their itinerary and rediscover your roots. Roger's Adult Handbook. What adult things I learned from seduction, relationships and encounters. Firstly, I created LGBT sex-friendly, free websites to help during COVID-19, and it just became fun and a place to write my books and chat with friends. Adult Keyhole Old Key by Roger, the key suppose you want to have anybody you want. Or do you need to find someone to spend your life with? Or, if you're going for a sexy mister right now. With almost 50 years of experience with all types of men, I learned a lot. The 150 men I employed shared what they knew about men with me in great detail. Interestingly, we associate seduction with sex when in fact, true seduction is not sex. Seduction is not about the culmination or gratification of desire. It is about the thrill of the desire in itself. It is the thrill of the game that is played. It is exciting as the urge comes closer and closer to happening. Maintaining the tension of wanting, seeking, and waiting for a long time is best. Seduction is about making him want and like you. It is not necessarily about letting him, have you. I try in my stories to include detailed information. I share the good, the bad, and everything in between. 
Below is a summarized version of who I am. More, much more is elevated and added later on in this handbook. I was born and started school in New York. And then, my family relocated when my sister was due to be born in the Midwest. I was about five years old then. We lived in town, and my grandmother and uncle lived in the country. And my great-grandmother lived in town in a huge old house. I was a very outgoing, cute kid. My parents both worked for the government and were incredible parents. I was given many more opportunities than most kids co 3 ULD imagine. I was a year younger than all the kids in my grade because they advanced me to a higher grade. I was never a big burly guy like all the other farmers from this area. I was raised Mormon. And I did adhere to all religious practices, no drugs, no sex, nothing. I was considered an egghead and an outsider from the beginning. I was already into everything. Often I went door to door selling seeds and cards. Merlite jewelry too. I was always an entrepreneur. Unfortunately, in a small town, every male must play sports. I was in Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts, and I got my eagle very young and every merit badge and award you can imagine, including some very difficult ones. I had a very rude awakening about sex. Three older guys at scout camp educated me, let's just say I wasn't sure if I was being beaten or what was happening. That's how I found out what sex was. I told nobody at all. Similar situations happened from till I was 16. Sports were a particular nightmare. It occurred to me in the shower I was attracted to guys, but I never tried to get any. They did come for me on a few occasions. Finally, I turned 16, and I had a job in Kansas City. So I was available to go around and meet some gay men. One of them, Bruce, happened to be a bartender in a bar I should not have been in. He began the process of my healing and discovering myself because I was still in the closet everywhere else. College came, and in college, I was with a football player and a theater technician. Both were in relationships with me during college at the same time until I decided that Steve, theater technician, was not as sexy but could have a conversation and walk at the same time. Haha, <laughs> yes, the football player was excellent, but to look at him only, I needed more than a vacant brain. After college Steve, and I worked for the Department of Mental Health. I specialized in behavioral analysis. I spent almost six years with Steve. In California, I fell in love with two men, one surfer, and one Latin, who lived at the tip of Baja, Mexico. I moved to Texas after several other cities where I conducted business, but in Texas, I opened the largest company called Keyhole Production Studios. I had over 150 performers, and they had bookings all over the place. Megabucks. I was young and attractive and could have danced myself. I knew that I had to draw lines for business to be proper. A must if you want to conduct business with big industry. I made a business of high-class performances with stage lights and big theater productions. I did very well. During that time, the only relationship I had was with one of my dancers. However, it was a family situation with the wife and the kids, and me. I did that for a very long time until I was carjacked and died literally and came back, but because of my injury, I lost all of my business and wealth. My business continued for a little bit, and then all of my performers got other contracts. However, the situation with the male dancer continued long after my company closed. As I said, I was family. I realized the shallowness of my needs in this situation and decided to let the dancer go and go with a man that I have been with for more than 20 years. At 54 I decided to check out dating again. Boy, that's a nightmare. 
I genuinely worry for the younger generation at the shallow, meaningless encounters, digital and random, programmed with continuous similar speech and conversation, all of which have to be checked out if they even bother because the meeting is typically a hookup for an hour never seen again. Not to say that it does not have its place, but there is no option for any engagement or value exchange beyond the most minimal levels. But even in such an environment, I managed to find a few options. No relationship type meeting but friends with benefits type. Essential things to remember when you are in a serious relationship. Don't ever assume your partner feels loved. Date nights are a must. The most critical relationship tip is that communication is vital. There will be times when you make each other upset, or maybe you won't agree. It is essential to ensure that you are communicating your feelings with one another. Your partner is not a mind reader. It doesn't matter if you go out or stay in. Talking openly about what you want to change in your relationship is essential. Learn each other's love expressions we all don't perceive love the same way. Go to bed mad sometimes, don't force a resolution. Sleeping on it does help. When you get into a fight, don't just say I'm sorry. Say what you are sorry for and react differently next time. It will get boring. Sometimes every couple goes through the tedious stage. It's normal, and it will fade. This is the time in your relationship you will have to put the most effort in some days. You will have to pull more weight than your partner and vice versa. It's essential to check in on each other's mental health. It's okay to go to couples counseling. It helps. It doesn't mean you are ending or failing trust. This is a big one. All healthy relationships require mutual and unguarded trust between partners, regardless of what either partner has experienced in the past, like a cheating ex or a parent's divorce. In a healthy relationship, your partner will trust you completely. Do remember that it takes time to build trust in a relationship. It usually doesn't come right off the bat, and when your partner fully trusts you with their feelings, you should respect them and not betray them. Cheating on them or doing things to make them jealous isn't right. On the flip side, if you don't trust your partner, you shouldn't be with them. Don't ever let your partner use their lack of trust or past experiences as an excuse to control you. You must earn their trust. Genuine affection, support, respect, and communication will naturally screen the faith in your relationship. Talk about money. Talk about your financial goals. Let your partner know what you expect from them, and vice versa. Turn off the phones an hour before bedtime and talk to each other. Ask questions like what do you need to see more from me? How can we understand each other better and, most importantly, be kind to each other? Love each other, and fight for each other's communication. Make an effort every day develop your own, you, outside of your identity as a couple. Be transparent about your sexual role and preferences. Make sure you understand what your partner means by, relationship. Work on developing emotional intimacy keep past relationships in the past. Protect each other physically protect each other legally. Schedule a weekly evening for quality time together. As a gay person, you may have had your share of societal disapproval in this heterosexually dominated world. But you have held on tight to what you know is your sexual orientation, and now find yourself in a great relationship. You are finally comfortable in your skin and you want to make sure that you stay happily coupled in your gay relationship. However, gay or lesbian dating advice or relationship advice would suggest that you must be aware of certain essential things to have a happy relationship. But, what are these sex and relationship advice to sustain a happy and satisfying same-sex relationship? You love your partner and want to show them love every day. 
It doesn't need to be a big demonstration of feelings. Bringing them a hot cup of coffee made just the way they like can be enough to send a message that you care about them. As a gay person, you may have had your share of societal disapproval in this heterosexually dominated world. But you have held on tight to what you know is your sexual orientation, and now find yourself in a great relationship. When you are long past the heady, blissful beginning days of your relationship, continuing to do small, loving gestures for each other will go a long way in showing that your partner is significant. This is very important relationship advice for anyone but is important in gay relationships. Be yourself and also, leave your inhibitions at the door. The key to dating successfully. Go in thinking that the guy is going to be a maybe. That way, if nothing is going to happen, you're not left feeling disappointed. Still, give him your attention and the opportunity to impress you. If it doesn't work out, that's fine because you had low expectations, but if it does, you will be pleasantly surprised. Do not waste time. Get fit, hitched, and start a business. You have the other half of your life to look forward to, but by becoming a better person. You know when you do things wrong or are being used. You feel remorse afterward. Try doing something right. Answer your phone. Don't shut down your life. Help people around you who deserve it. Never rule out a type of person because they don't fit what you're customarily attracted to. Be open to all different kinds of guys. This widens your options significantly. Your first time gay sexual experience can never be repeated, so it's important to set the stage for a great emergence into your gay sexuality to lay a positive foundation from the get-go. This should not be entered into casually, as it can either affirm healthy sexuality or leave lasting scars depending on how you negotiate this very important developmental milestone. Your first time is special and can set the tone for your sexuality for a long time to come. When it comes to foreplay there is nothing off-limits. The more that you are prepared to experiment, the more likely that you will hit his sweet spots. However, it's best to go with what feels natural to you rather than trying to copy what you have seen in your most recent porn ventures. With such intimacy, it's very easy to spot if somebody is being themselves or playing a role. Just do you, but you are at your most sexually adventurous. Develop your own, you, outside of your identity as a couple. When gay partners come together, like straight couples, it is natural to experience a sense of fusion, a state where you do everything together. It is thrilling to have finally found someone who, gets, you and you want to spend each waking and sleeping moment together. But healthy gay relationships need breathing room to keep things interesting. Avoid the temptation to look to your partner to fulfill all your emotional and intellectual needs. Even though you may be head over heels in love, this gay relationship advice implores you to carve out time to maintain your outside separate interests and continue to work on self-development. I want to reiterate. You've heard that cliché communication is critical. But here's the thing, good communication is one of the most important aspects of a healthy relationship. Make sure you understand what your partner means by, relationship. It is no secret that in the gay subculture, relationship, can mean many things. If for you it means being exclusive, you'll want to make sure that is compatible with your partner's views as well. If you both wish to keep the relationship open to include other people, outline what that means. Does it mean continuing to frequent gay bars solo? Would you prefer a, don't ask, don't tell, policy, or would you require complete transparency from your partner when they see other people? When starting a new relationship, you must discuss what you both want and expect. Sometimes this means being honest and having uncomfortable conversations. 
but if you're in a healthy relationship, your partner will be receptive and listen, and you should do the same. You are on the same page as your partner goes a long way in opening up to your partner about what's bothering you. Compromising your disagreements and complementing each other are all equally as important. While communication is essential, you should both be comfortable with how often you talk to one another if your partner needs you always to answer right away and text them all day long. And you don't want that. That's not healthy. On the flip side, if your partner is always ignoring your texts and it doesn't make you feel good, that's not healthy either. Finding a communication balance that you're both comfortable with is super important. Remember, love is never easy, and it's a ride. But damn, is it ever beautiful and worth it. A good storyteller doesn't tell his plot or end of the story at the start of his story, the same rules apply to foreplay. If you give too much too soon, you miss out on the wonderful feeling of the climb. Start slow and slowly build, the slower the better. Time goes much quicker when we are receiving the pleasure rather than giving it, although giving it should be fun too. Keep this in mind as you are pleasing your man. When you think it's time to move on, go on a little bit more for good measure. Protect each other legally if you are at the stage of your same-sex relationship where you are ready to tie the knot, check with your states or country's laws to see if gay marriage is legally allowed. If it is not yet legal, research how you might legally protect your partner so that they have spousal rights such as power of attorney, medical benefits, or death benefits. This is a letter I wrote to my boyfriend at around 26 years old. Tom, I have realized that we were specially created for each other. And that is the very reason our souls are compatible. I adore you much more than I can find words to tell you. I think of what you told me when we talked on the phone. I hear your loving words and how much you said I mean to you. It makes me happy to replay your loving words in my head when I am missing you. We're still trying to find our voice and figure out what we want to say. But if you're there with me, I know that no matter how scary the world can seem, everything will be okay. Love, Roger Next is a copy of a letter I wrote to a guy the first was having relations with when I was 23 years old. Jason, thinking about you and I wanted to tell you my thoughts on what I think we might do when I get home from work. I will walk in the door and immediately grab you. I pull you close and hold you tight. I suck your nipples as I finger you under your clothes. I will then move your hand to my cock so you can play with it. You put it in and I feel your mouth around my swollen dick as it throbs inside your mouth you're sucking it up and down. It's a beautiful sight to see your face bobbing up and down on my cock. My juice is running out of your pretty lips. I feel the heat of the fluid dripping over my balls. I am now on my back and you're in between my legs sucking me. I want to get you on top of me while laying flat on my back. My smile is visible as you sit on me. I want to look at your face and body as you slide my cock inside your tight ass. I play with you as you're riding me. Next, I put you on all fours and I shove my tongue deep inside your ass getting it hot and juicy for my dick again. I slide your head and stretch your sweet hole wide. Then I plunge deep inside of you all of my dick inside pumping and grinding in you deep. You feel my hand spreading your butt cheeks as far apart as I can get them. I continue to fuck as deep and hard as I can. Pulling out almost completely and then thrusting in different rhythms and angles inch by inch over and over. Your moans and cries of pleasure excite me more and I thrust even harder and faster moving my hips side to side and banging my pelvis you feel my balls slapping against your ass. My dick swells huge and I pull out and shoot hot cum all over your butt and back then thrusting and you start pumping you for round two. 
Be ready, Roger now, having in mind what constitutes a great orgasm, and how it is associated with wonderful sex positions. There's more to a healthy relationship than sex, but it's impossible to deny the importance of great sex life and sexual compatibility in most relationships. With a few exceptions, most people in a relationship admit that the sexual chemistry and energy they feel is part of what keeps their relationship going. Even among people who have been together for several years, there is always the awareness that their sex life has to be kept fresh to prevent ennui from setting in. That is how vital great sex is in a relationship, and it's the same for gay relationships. Whether you're in a traditional monogamous relationship, an open relationship, or even a polyamorous one, a sex life that's constantly evolving and improving, as well as partners who are willing to experiment and try new things, are key to maintaining a fun relationship. Experimenting with a sex practice does not necessarily mean that you have to adopt it, but by trying several, you'll be sure to come across one or two activities that you and your partners agree on. Even though it may not seem sexy to you, you must become knowledgeable about safe sex practices and sexually transmitted infections and how to protect yourself and those you may potentially sleep with. It's recommended that your first time is with someone you know well, feel safe with, and can trust since sex is a very personal and vulnerable experience. Assertive communication is key as you will need to speak with your partner about such issues as safer sex, STD status, discussing sexual preferences and needs, etc. It's also recommended that you go slow and try vanilla sex first in a paced fashion. Sometimes it's best to avoid penetrative sex at first and just stick to kissing, touching, mutual masturbation, and oral sex and gradually work yourself into deeper forms of intimacy. You may have been waiting a long time to experiment with your gay sexual self, but you want to ensure it's a positive and pleasurable experience that enriches your life. Books such as, The Joy of Gay Sex, by Dr. Charles Silverstein. Here are a few spicy gay positions to drive your lover crazy with lust. Kneeling oral sex This position is great when you want to skip penetration and just get your rock off. It is even sweeter when you stroke your partner's cock while pushing your dick down his throat. You can hold onto the headboard of the bed to give yourself more leverage in trusting while your partner licks and sucks, which adds to the pleasure. Make your partner lie on his back. Kneel over them with your knees on either side of his head. It is important to bring your cock close enough to your partner's lips so that he can easily take you into his mouth. Dancer The name of this position is, Dancer, in French, and this position requires you to have as much flexibility and stamina as one. You can think of this as a form of extended doggy, and the bottom must have superb balance. He bends over at the waist, bracing himself against the wall or a chair, and lifts one leg so that he's balanced on only one leg. The top now stands behind him and penetrates him from behind. It's a great way to get a light workout and scratch an itch at the same time if you get what we mean. Pile driver A necessary essential for this position is a flexible bottom. That aside, this is probably one of the most intense and pleasurable positions for gay sex. Both the top and bottom are in their element, so to speak. The bottom gets to lie back and receive maximum penetration, while the top is in full control, as he has to do the thrusting. For this position, you need a couch or a bed of medium height. The bottom lies on the ground with their back flat against it. Their legs are raised so that they are at 90 degrees to his body. He then spreads his legs while the top squats over him, legs on either side of his body. He then ducks to the bottom by moving as if he's doing squats. He can also grip the bottom's legs and hold them wide open, while the bottom can stroke his dick with one hand. 
and show him a great time. When you enter him, go slow at first and let him get used to accommodating your member into his body. Monitor his reactions as you increase the speed and depth of your thrusts to ensure he's feeling pleasure and enjoying the experience before you switch to energizer bunny mode to avoid hurting him. Use lots of lubrication and vary the positions and methods to spice things up and experience more pleasure. Sex quiz copied from my journal June 2004 1. I would have sex three times a day. 2. Something I've always wanted to do in bed is be tied to it. 3. I have had a threesome I didn't particularly care for sharing. I am a greedy top. 4. I've always been attracted to men. 5. I lost my virginity violently in the shower when I was 13 to a 16-year-old in school. 6. The first time I masturbated. I was 16. 7. What number of sexual fantasies would you ever do in real life? Well, I've done them all. 8. My favorite sex outside the bedroom is in the woods on my farm. 9. I've walked in on people during sex in a bathhouse. 10. The craziest thing I ever did invent involved chocolate syrup, cherries, and whipped cream. 11. Porn is okay. I even have produced a porn movie but have not been in one. I like pretty kinky porn. 12. My favorite position is doggy style, and my least favorite position is riding on top. 13. My favorite erogenous zone is behind my ear and on my neck. 14. My favorite part of foreplay is having my cock sucked, and I like having my ass eaten out. 15. If I am going to play a role and dress up, I don't know about that, a prisoner, I guess tied up. Or a guard doing the tied up prisoner. 16. I don't think I would ever go to a dominatrix I did not know, even though I'd like to be dominated. 17. The sex like to try it with real handcuffs. 18. The weirdest thing that turns me on is sharing my bottom lover with a bunch of guys. But my boyfriend will never do that. 19. I never tell you that if I am being cuddled, I would rather stay doing that than anything else. 20. My most attractive feature is my eyes. 21. How is my penis size compared to most men? Well, I am usually more prominent than most, but not gigantic. 22. How long has it been since you had all-out bottom sex? I can't submit it quickly. I have to be in love or forcibly taken. So over 20 years. 23. How long since I stopped? Well, not that long ago, maybe a couple of years. 24. Description of my favorite feature of a bottom man. I like two types. A redneck tattooed trim guy with a smooth bubble butt. Or a jock, boy next door look. 25. Description of my dream top is straightforward. A masculine man that feels for me. Nothing else matters, but I like muscles and hair. A nice size penis is fantastic too. Sneaky turn-ons I stick in regular chats. Note. Only use this if he won't have issues, such as at work. I don't do these all at once. I learn a lot and most men get hot. I like to play the, can you imagine? Game. Remember, delivery and timing matter. I ask things like, can you imagine? Reach down into your underwear and play with your penis and think about me. Can you imagine? Take one hand and reach around and play with your sexy butt as you stroke yourself, thinking about me sucking you and fingering you. Can you imagine? Playing with your nipples and pinching them, thinking of my lips on your sexy chest nibbling on your nipples as it slides into you. Can you imagine? Your legs on either side of my head on my shoulders, and my sexy look at you with my blue eyes piercing deep as you feel my dick penetrating you. Can you imagine? 
hearing yourself moan as I pump you more challenging and harder, deeper and deeper until you climax with me. You're shooting all over your hot sexy body with your legs in the air. Can you imagine? When you no longer have to guess, and you are here with me, sweetheart. I found the dating world can be a complicated world to navigate. If you love, you will have a broken heart. Getting your heart broken is the worst feeling ever. And it can be tough to know what to say to someone who broke your heart. It is normal to love someone, even after they break your heart. The danger is when you keep hanging on to that person long after the heartbreak because, in my experience, I can tell you that it is damaging to your life. The best advice I give people immediately after a breakup is to say nothing and walk away as if it didn't bother them. Love doesn't always end with a happy ending. It comes with the whole package that includes heartbreak to getting your heart broken by someone normal. The hurt you feel is acceptable. Remind yourself never to let the pain scare you off from being in love ever again. Everyone goes through this and survives. So will you when you get heartbroken or you break up with someone? One of the things we do is blame them, which may be justified to work though they are hurt when we first look at them. Yes. For example, you disgust me. You broke me. You made me think that you would always be there. You lied over and over again. You made me believe in something and then took it away. You didn't care. You acted as if you cared. But it was another lie. You wasted my time. You caused me pain. I felt scared. You left me all alone. You let me think it was my fault. You taught me not to trust anyone. You taught me not to trust myself. You played games that only you could when you monopolized my mind. You made me feel like a different person. You made me feel weak. You made me feel empty. You made me cry. You gave upon us. You left. Then after a little bit of time of being angry and pointing the finger, we begin to internalize our pain and start looking at ourselves. For example, I deserve better. I never needed you. I didn't think I could do it on my own. I was honest. I believed in you. I believed in us. I cared. I put my time in. I thought we were naive. I didn't pick up on the signs. I couldn't play your games. I thought that I meant something. As we look inward, our thoughts start changing. We start putting it all together. Then, for example, I learned that I did mean something. I realized that I could do it on my own. I learned that I was capable of love. I learned that I didn't have to be broken. I knew that I was better than that. I now know what I want. And it isn't you. I am a new person. I build myself back up. I am stronger because of you. I am confident. I am happy. I don't hate you. After we get done playing that you and I game. It's time to start healing and stop looking at the past. Start looking at what you're going to do with the future. You will do better by learning from past experiences. Accept what had happened and let it all go. It would be best if you faced reality. It's never easy at first. Heartbreak can be bitter. You will grow by going through this. The next time someone breaks your heart, you'll be able to handle it without as much pain. Staying positive is a must if you want to forget that someone broke your heart. Don't let the experience make you a pessimist just because it didn't work out. It doesn't mean that the next one won't be successful, either. I'm all alone in the gym and I'm working out on the machines I have my headphones on and since nobody was there I just was wearing gym shorts without a shirt. I'm lifting and jamming to music and enjoying my evening workout. All of a sudden I heard this loud thump. I recognized the sound of the bench press bar coming down on its support. I didn't realize that someone had come in. Fuck. Shit. Damn. I hear being shouted. 
I removed my headphones and set them up and directly across from me I see a professional football player. I recognized him immediately. He was not from the local team. I knew that he had just played in the stadium that day. Let us call him Adam. He was on the phone pissed off. Sorry man, I snuck away from the press. Bastards, they just keep bothering me. Adam said. I could see he was really upset. I just said in a friendly way. No wonder they do with all of your wins, your statistics, and popularity. Adam then got serious and looked at me sizing me up. He said, you aren't pressing, or some psycho fan are you? I could see on his face he was deadly serious. His body reflected it to his big muscles pumped, and he stood in a very aggressive way. I laughed as I said, no, I am not press. Adam, I know who you are. Please don't take offense, but I really don't ever watch football or even know what team is from where. Smiling, I said, the only football game I ever watch is the Super Bowl, and normally just the commercials. It took a second, but after I said that to Adam, then, with a big smile on his face, he said, really? No shit. Wow, do you just not like the game or what? I wasn't exactly sure what the answer I should give him was. I decided, hell, I'll tell him the truth. I said to Adam, do you want to know why I never got into football? Adam was intrigued, he probably expected a simple answer, he said, sure, now you have me curious. I walked over to where the free weights were. He's sitting on one weight bench, and I sit on the one next to it. The first thing I said to him was, Adam, I am a gay man, just so you know, okay. He replied, really, you gay? You do not look gay. I began my story. My hometown expected me to try out for football. I was much smaller and younger, I skipped ahead a grade in school. I showed up. I had to do it because I was suspected of being gay. Coach got directly in front of me. I thought he would step on my toes. I came up to the middle of his chest. He yelled you think you could stop me from passing you. Everyone started to laugh. I looked up at him and said, maybe with a 2x4 board or sledgehammer, I saw the hate coming from the coach's eyes. I stared right back at him. The coach said, you are too small, and just try next year. To tell you the truth, I was relieved. But all the players took it that I was gay. They harassed and teased me all the time. Adam was watching me, and I could tell he was thinking about what I was saying and was interested. Adam said, man, that sucks, I continued my story. Three senior players made me blow them in the shower while several watched me. Adam said, is that why you are gay? I said, no, I liked men before that. It was the degradation in public that messed with me. Adam's face lit up as he understood what I told him. The mood was getting a bit serious, so I changed the subject. I asked, what's your life like being an icon for the NFL and so famous? We sat and talked for over an hour. The phone rang two or three times, and Adam said, fuck this phone, I am having a great time talking to you. He powered off the phone, and we continued to talk. Adam asked me to spot him why he lifted weights. All the time we had been talking, he had a t-shirt on. He took it off and then lay down on the weight bench. I told him I would spot him but not push it because he had a lot of weight on that bar. I remember clearly the day as I stood, looking down at his face and bare chest as his muscles rippled with each press of weight. I couldn't help myself, so I looked down at his body over his big chest muscles and washboard rippled stomach, and I saw a massive mound of cock showing through his gym shorts and his sexy legs spread wide. I glanced at the mirror on the opposing wall, 
and I saw the view of him lifting me, standing over him. I noticed I could see his balls through the leg opening of his shorts. My cock was starting to get hard. I hear that bar clank into its holsters of the support over the bench. I looked down and saw Adam with a huge smile on his face looking up at my now rather hard mound in my gym shorts. Immediately I apologized and said it was just too hot of a view. He says, I always get a little bit of stuffy when I'm pumping weights. My jaw drops. I will see his hand move slowly from his chest over his rippled washboard stomach and reach down into his gym shorts, and grabs his cock. I look back at his face, and he has a sly grin. Adam said, you want to see it. I didn't say anything, but I'm sure the look on my face told him I did. He pulled out his pretty good size cock and jiggled it. It stood straight up. He did that for a while and then slipped it back into his gym shorts. A little bit later, I bent over to pick up a bottle of water, and I feel his hard cock through his shorts pushed up against my ass. Adam said, it turns me on seeing you get excited looking at me. Go sit on the weight bench, he let me suck him just a little bit but mostly, he put on a big show beating his meat and spade over my face. I know you're probably hoping for more, but that's all that happened. That was more than enough. It's one of my hottest encounters with the least amount of sex. It's late at night, it is sex time, and you want to bottom for a guy. I remember when I first learned that gay guys had anal sex, it scared the shit out of me literally. My biggest concern was, doesn't it get messy? I didn't even think about the pain until a while later. It was also a taboo topic. So I definitely couldn't ask anybody, especially while I was still in the closet. First, you need to know how to clean up and take insertion with minimal pain. I went looking online for more information about anal sex, and I found this horror story. By the end of the story, there was poop and puke, and blood flying all over the room. The story freaked me out. It made me scared of anal sex for a long time. Cleanliness. As food is digested and travels through your digestive tract, it eventually winds up in your colon. And this is at the very end of the process. And basically, the colon's job is to suck as much water out of your digested food as possible to be recycled and used elsewhere in your body. When the colon has sucked as much water as it can from digested food that moves and is now poop inside your rectum, the rectum is essential because it's the field of play when you're having anal sex. The rectum is a long, expandable tube designed to hold poop and then smoothly pass it out of your body into your toilet. Your poop should be one solid, mostly dry mass that passes cleanly through the rectum, through the anus, and into your bathroom. And the rectum is self-lubricated, which means there shouldn't be any pieces left behind. The anus is not so lubricated. It's mostly skin and muscles. So you'll still want to clean that area up. Take a quick shower and make sure that your anus is clean. You should be good to go if you took a poop recently. Combining a healthy diet and taking a fiber supplement every day helps keep good to go. As far as anal sex is concerned. You know, you always need a shower to clean up the area and make sure you're clean down there. I know that conditions aren't often ideal. Sometimes you need to clean up, and for that, they have what they call an anal douche. It's designed to squirt water up through your anus into your rectum to clean out any particles hanging around there. It's straightforward. You squirt it up there, hold it and then release it, and do this two or three times till the water runs clear, and then you should be good to go. They also have shower attachments that work similarly, with a constant stream of water from your shower. You can get a fleet enema from your local pharmacy. 
My best cleaning tips are lukewarm water, nothing too hot, and nothing too cold. Please don't use it too much, only half to three quarters of a cup is all you need. You'll still want to fill the whole container because you don't like squirting air inside yourself. Then I like to fill up the stem, too, because it can hold some air that you again don't want to spray up when cleaning out. So fill the container, and reload the branch. Make sure to apply lots of lube to the tip and some to your anus. You can do it in the shower. In the shower, you clean up the area with some soap and water before engaging in any activity. There's still a chance that there will be some poop up there that winds up on your partner's dick. If it happens, it is important not to freak out, you know, it happens to everyone. Both of you go jump in the shower, clean up, and then finish your activities. If you're top, don't make your bottom feel bad. It's just something that's going to happen. The second most asked question is, how do I take a big cock in my ass? Honestly, I'm super tight. I can't ever get anything in there without work. First, as a bottom, you are in control. And I know this sounds counterintuitive to the traditional top-bottom dynamic. Still, the base needs to be in power at the beginning of the sexual encounter when he first gets comfortable with that insertion. Let's quickly go back to anatomy for a second because the anus is made up of two muscle groups, the internal sphincter muscles and the external sphincter muscles. The external forces are the ones you can control by clenching and releasing. These are the easiest to relax, but you still may need some focus to calm them because your first instinct, especially when something is going up there, is to clench, especially when there's pain that you want to grasp. It's just the body's natural reaction. So you must be conscious of it and tell your body to relax as you go through this process. Inside the anus are the internal sphincter muscles. And those are a series of ring muscles that open. These muscles can't control their involuntary muscles, so they need to be coaxed into relaxing and opening up. And the coaxing process can be a bit painful at first, so it's essential to approach it with lots of patience and lube. You know, and really, the process starts with foreplay. Foreplay is designed to get the area used to being touched in, you know, to relax and open up for the eventual insertion play can begin with just rubbing the outside of the anus with some lubed up fingers. You can lick it directly if you want to or get a toy involved. Fingers are sometimes okay with clean hands, and the fingernails are cut very short. Let's talk about how to start this process using a small toy. Start with a toy about a width that's no bigger than the width of your thumb. So it's not too small that it doesn't really do anything but not too big that you really can't get it the first time. Put lots of lube on both the toy and your anus. And slowly insert the toy and push it in until it becomes uncomfortable and painful. And just let it sit there for a second and hold it, and the bottom should try and relax. And this is the most challenging part because this process can often hurt. And your first instinct when you feel pain is to clench up. You have to keep that in mind and tell your body to relax and allow this to happen. So, you push it in until it's starting to get uncomfortable. Let it sit there for a few seconds, and tell your body to relax and get used to that sensation. And then pull the toy out, and then relax again, and sort of settle down. And then repeat the process. So again, lots of lube on both the toy and the anus. Insert it again until it starts getting uncomfortable and a little painful. Hopefully, you will get a little farther the next time. Again, let it sit there, try and relax your body. Try and get used to that sensation and then pull it out again, and sort of repeat this process until you can get the toy in without it being super uncomfortable. Now, this could take 5 times. 
It could take 10 times, depending on how new you are to the process and how tolerant you are of the pain trying to get this working. But the point is you should keep going and doing this insert and removal process until the bottom is comfortable. Without insertion and they can take it without pain. And then, after lots of warm up with the toy, if you're ready to move on to an actual penis, the process is very much the same. I think this is a good time for a quick side topic about dick size because when it comes to dick and anal sex, bigger isn't necessarily always better. Think about it this way, there are two types of pleasure triggers for the bottom during anal sex. First, there is the cluster of nerves that is, you know, clustered around your anus and throughout your rectum. And then there's the prostate, which is what they call the male pee spot. The prostate feels excellent to be massaged, especially when you're erect. And that can enhance an orgasm if it's a message during the middle of an orgasm. But the thing about the prostate is, it's not very far up in there, you know, if you look at this image of anatomy, you can reach the prostate pretty easily with a finger. So you don't need a huge dick to get that pleasure sensation from your pee spot. Now, I'm not saying big cocks are nasty because big dicks can feel good. After all, you do have all the added sense of the nerves throughout the rectum that you're playing with. And also, a lot of guys think that sort of filled up feeling that they get from anal sex and a big dick. But again, everybody is different. Everything feels foreign to each body. So it's always important to experiment around with different sizes and different shapes and see what you like best. If a dick is too big, it actually can slam up against the back wall of the rectum, and that can be pretty uncomfortable. So again, bigger isn't necessarily always better. As you can tell from my stories, I like oversized cocks. If you're a fan of porn, you've no doubt heard of a sex machine and have probably seen one in action, but maybe you've never actually considered using a sex machine yourself. Or perhaps you have no idea what a sex machine is, but now we've got your curiosity piqued. Well, let's have a chat about this, shall we? While these sex machines might not fit neatly away on your nightstand like some of your other favorite sex toys, they will make up for this lack of compactness in their power, versatility, and functionality. I don't use any machine-assisted sex. I do, however, as a top, use toys on the bottom. I have advanced skills with my fist too. Young, I bottomed by choice and not by choice. I am all top, not that I'm in my later years. And, since I was 35, I haven't bottomed and rarely perform oral. That said, mostly when wanting sex, I want to get blown and, on occasion, top a sexy man. When I was a bottom, I did not seek to be penetrated but more forced to be bottom, with me trying to get away and then move to submit, it's surrender that I find hot. I also enjoyed performing oral then too. I still every so often desire oral, but I much prefer a submissive but manly guy swallowing me several times too. The best gay sex tip for, bottoms, as the receiver of sexual penetration, the bottom has a lot of power to control the direction of the sexual experience. Take advantage and channel your energies into making your top feel like a champion. Be an active participant in the sexual encounter and send him over the edge. One of the common complaints I hear from tops in my therapy and coaching practice is they find it boring and annoying when their bottom, just lays there, and, expects me to do all the work. While for some part of the joy of being a bottom is the passivity inherent in the role, you also play an essential element in the experience. Keep in mind it's a lot of pressure for the top, 
as the penetrator, to be able to establish and maintain a solid erection for the festivities ahead, so you must play your part to the hilt, so he doesn't feel like the sole provider for the pleasure to come. Take the lead in the foreplay activities, tease him with your body, caresses, and oral skills, edge him by masturbating him to the brink of climax, and then retreat before repeating the exercise. Work him up into such a frenzy that he can't wait to throw you back on the bed and get busy. Through your active contributions to the sex play, you'll be helping to feed his turn on, which will only serve your best interests by keeping the sexual encounter longer and more frantic. When I look back, my encounter below is my favorite to remember. My air conditioning was out, and my window was open. It was boiling in the summer heat. I was naked, sweaty, sleeping in my bed covered by a sheet. I woke up late at night, hearing a noise. Standing right next to me, I see in the dim moonlight an oversized silhouette. Barely awake, I focus, and it's my neighbor. I hadn't talked to him before but had spoken to his wife a few times. Now fully awake, I realize I am soaked with sweat and have no sheet over me. Nude, I became nervous. Then his smell on the hot breeze was so sexy, and he smelled of musk and sweaty man. He was so close to me. I looked over at him, what a view. Inches from my face, he stood. His jeans were bulging, and he was shirtless. His washboard stomach was glistening in the moonlight. I couldn't help but notice a thin line of hair running up over his ripped body. My eyes moved up, following that sexy line. I gasped when his big chest flexed, showing off his perfectly covered hairy muscles. I wondered why he was in my house as I made eye contact. I saw your air conditioner was out, and your window never opened, but it was tonight. I was checking to see if you were okay with people dying in this heat. You didn't wake up after I shouted through the window. Quote dot. I replied oh yes, thanks, it's hot for sure. He noticed that I was naked and wet. The sheet was on the floor. He picked it up, and as he gave me the sheet, he paused, looking down at my naked body. He looked hard at my ass. I was puzzled that he looked at my ass. He was a 6 feet 4 burly stud. A construction worker redneck man. His wife was beautiful, and he was very straight. Then I heard it, and his deep manly voice was so hot. He says his wife divorced him and has been gone for over a month. She told me you are gay, and I have only been with girls, so I don't know how to say this. He puffed up, flexing like showing off. It was so sexy and cute too. Hell, I want you to suck me off. I am so horny. He held my head with my hair. His hands held my head. His jeans flew open, and my face was filled with his massive meat, we had fun several times. He was more straight than anything. He liked doing chores for me, liked taking care of my pool and fixing things. His treatment of me was remarkable. He wanted to treat me like his girlfriend in many ways. I miss him because he was the, man around the house, to me, and for years, I have been the, man of the house. Straight men and gay sex. If you are a gay man, you need to handle your straight encounters correctly. For some reason, I have no idea why but, 80% of all my encounters were with straight men. I'm here to tell you nothing will ever happen unless you act confidently. When something does happen, it's not going to be like a gay story fantasy where the dude decides to put it out. It does happen, but rarely. Instead, you've got to be the one in charge. That process begins by showing confidence. And like it or not, that means carrying yourself in a manly way. If you ever want to have an encounter with a straight guy, you need to think as he does. I'm not saying you should pretend to be straightforward, but instead, be aware of his mindset. 
Don't hide that you are gay. One of the worst pieces of advice that people give when it comes to seducing a straight guy is to be ambiguous about sexual orientation. I'm going to cut through all of the BS. When the time is right, you will know along the way, and he will give you essential signals. These include laughing at your jokes, asking you questions, personal questions, and occasionally doing some male bonding touching. Avoid making him feel gay. Most straight guys are happy to bust a nut. Some are curious about what it might be like with another man. But the last thing they want is to think what they are doing is gay. We can argue until the cows come home about what constitutes gay, straight, or bi. But that's not the point. The goal is to connect with him down the road. If he comes back for more, you can do more. But that first time, it's best to get down to business. If you have done things right, he will get you off you in the future. That only happens when he trusts you. Okay, I need to clarify some things. First, I have only twice purposely initiated an encounter with a man I knew was straight. I behave very similarly to straight guys. I don't look feminine, and I look manly. My voice is deep. My body is more petite and looks cute. The second thing I need to clarify. The truth is the biggest reason that a straight guy comes around is he knows that you can do an incredible job of getting him off. Don't be the first one to reach out. Instead, let him be the one to do it. He is the one who needs to make contact. Kissing. I need to stress this. A part of you badly wants to make out with him. But you're not sure. Please don't do it unless he makes a move in that direction. He starts to think it's getting emotional. He's going to split based on experience. YouTube you that you'll have to go through a period where all he wants is quick service. Be open to that. But at some point, he'll be curious about what it's like to do more. How and what happens next depends on the guy. I've met straight but interested men who are all about reciprocation. I've met others who want to penetrate. And I've even met dudes who want to feel what it's like to get banged out. Don't fall in love. I cannot stress this enough. Yes, this is easier said than done. You're going to feel a bunch of emotions. You will even be tempted to think of him in boyfriend terms. Whatever you do, don't. Regardless of your opinion, it would be best to recognize that he considers himself straight. We both know that the minute he started messing around, his heterosexuality went out the window. But that's not an argument you want to have with him. Instead, remember, your connection with him is physical. And it can be that way for a long time. But if you try to make him into your lover, he will run away. There are plenty of gay men out there that want to husband up. Go for those guys. Straight is sex a tiny bit more. That's all it is. Think of the straight man you are doing as just that straight guy you get off. Not a couple. You can have fun with a straight man. But keep your perspective honest and accurate. You can have even better friendships. Also, it would be best if they always respect their feelings. Sex and fantasy are often hard to discuss. Knowing how things are defined is useful. BDSM is a general umbrella term for a variety of erotic and psychological practices and or role-playing, it is an acronym representing three components. BD, bondage and discipline playing with physical restraints, training, punishment, etc. DS, dominance and submission playing with obedience, power exchange, service, humility, etc. SM, sadism and masochism playing with pain, degradation, fear, etc. More often than not, other, deviant, sexual practices are also part of BDSM. BDSM is a consensual activity respecting the fundamental rights of every human being involved, 
This separates it from sexual and domestic abuse. BDSM archetypes everyone is different, and finding two kinksters with the same preferences is probably impossible. There are, however, a few common archetypes that people can identify with to varying degrees from 0% to 100%. Curious to what extent each archetype suits you? Take the test. The list below is to complete, but it should cover the most common ones. Dominant dominants like to be in charge. Some want to have their partner obey them without questioning, others like some resistance while taking it their way. Some are dominant only in the bedroom, others dominate their daily lives. Unlike the top roles, giving pain, bondage, degradation, being dominant is more about who decides what happens, and takes the responsibility that comes with it than the contents of what happens. Submissive submissives like to follow. Some want to give the control away to their partners, and some like to have it forcibly taken from them. Some are submissive only in the bedroom, others are submissive throughout their daily lives, usually with limitations. Unlike the bottom roles, receiving pain, bondage, degradation, being submissive is more about who decides what happens, and takes the responsibility that comes with it than about the contents of what happens. Sadists Sadists enjoy inflicting certain types of pain on their partners, usually in a sexual context. Masochist Masochists enjoy receiving certain types of pain from their partners, usually in a sexual context. Masochism is independent of pain tolerance. It is purely about the ability to enjoy or get aroused by certain pain levels. Rigor Riggers like to tie up and restrain their partners using rope and other attributes, chains, cuffs, spreader bars, etc. Whether for sexual enhancement, art, or fun, they enjoy having their partners at their mercy. Rope Bunny Rope Bunny likes to be tied up and restrained, using rope and other attributes, chains, cuffs, spreader bars, etc. Whether for sexual enhancement, art, or fun, they enjoy being totally at the mercy of their partners. Master, Mistress Masters, Mistresses receive complete control over the life of their slaves and all responsibilities that come with it. They go a step further than dominance because their power exchange is present 24-7 and in all aspects of their life, except for negotiated exceptions such as during their office jobs. Their primary focus is to create a stable and safe environment for their slaves, to allow optimal servitude. Enslaved person enslaved people completely hand over the control and responsibilities over their life to their enslaver mistress. They go further than submissives because their power exchange is present 24-7 and in all aspects of their life, except for negotiated exceptions such as during their office jobs. Serving their master, mistress is their primary focus, and they rarely have limits for themselves. Degrader degraders like to degrade and humiliate their play partners, either by acting upon them in a degrading way or by forcing them to do things they consider degrading. Degree degrades like to be spoiled and humiliated by their play partners, either by being acted upon in a degrading way or by being forced to do things they consider degrading. Owner owners own pets, properties and take responsibility for them on a 24-7 basis. Sexuality is not necessarily involved. In some cases, role-play attributes are also provided, e.g., a cage for the pet. There is no link between sex with animals, which is not on the BDSM spectrum, and many pets don't even feel like they're playing an animal, it's more about the typical relationship between an owner and a pet. Pet pets are the property of their owner in daily life. Sexuality is not necessarily involved. In some cases, role-play attributes are also provided, e.g., a cage for the pet. 
There is no link between sex with animals, which is not on the BDSM spectrum, and many pets don't even feel like they're playing an animal, it's more about the typical relationship between an owner and a pet. Brat tamer Brat tamers are, in essence, dominants who enjoy handling bratty submissives. They find disobedience a form of playfulness from the side of the submissive rather than a form of rudeness. They will take no offense to it but will still teach the sub a well-deserved lesson, because, of course, that is why the bratty sub shows such behavior in the first place. Brat brats are, in essence, naughty submissives. They find disobedience a form of playfulness rather than letting their dominant down and require a compatible dominant who will not only teach them a lesson but also accept that any number of lessons might still not necessarily change this behavior. Primal, hunter, primals are mainly focused on their instincts, and they enjoy letting their inner animal out during sex. The crucial part of the first play is that the participants show their raw, emotional, and sexual feelings during play. All the labels, roles, and protocols go out the window, and the prey can become a snarling, growing, clawing animal hell-bent on getting away from its predator, you. Primal prey primals are mainly focused on their instincts, and they enjoy letting their inner animal out during sex. The crucial part of the first play is that the participants show their raw, emotional, and sexual feelings during play. All the labels, roles, and protocols go out the window, and the prey you can become a snarling, growing, clawing animal hell-bent on getting away from its predator. Daddy, mommy daddies, mommies take on a caretaker role in the relationship, being a guide as much as a dominant. Daddies, mommies dominate their little treasure submissives with an iron fist in a velvet glove, much cuddly and affectionate on the outside while being as sturdy and rigid as other dominants. Using subtle psychological mechanisms rather than brute power, they nurture their littles into obedience. Sexuality is not necessarily involved, and there is no link with pedophilia, which is not on the BDSM spectrum. Boy, girl, littles, girls, boys are submissive spirits with a strong flavor of childlike innocence. They long for a nurturing, loving dominant who plays a guiding, almost parental role in their lives. While they require a softer approach to be dominated than most other submissives, their submission can be just as deep as that of other submissives or enslaved people. Sexuality is not necessarily involved, and there is no link with pedophilia, which is not on the BDSM spectrum. Age play Age players like to play with age as part of their kink. They typically take on a much younger or older generation than they are or prefer playing with a partner that does so. Attributes and behavior changes, such as pacifiers, coloring books, speaking in a more childlike language, etc., are commonly paired to enrich the context and make it more appropriate for the playing age. Sexuality is not necessarily involved, and there is no link with pedophilia, which is not on the BDSM spectrum. Exhibitionist Exhibitionists enjoy showing their naked bodies or sexual activity to other people. Consensually, of course. Voyeur Voyeurs enjoy watching the nakedness or sexual activity of other people. Consensually, of course. Experimentalist Experimentalists want to have tried it all. An open mind and an insatiable curiosity are their key features, and they rarely form an opinion before gathering first-hand experience. They often have plenty of fantasies and will actively pursue trying them out. Non-monogamist Non-monogamists do not see sexuality as necessarily a one-on-one -on -one thing. Whether this means they will have several relationships or see other people outside their relationship, or have even more exquisite constructions depends entirely on the person and the situation. Still, they all have one thing in common, 
Their sexuality is more than just between them and one fixed partner. Switch switches like to, well, switch. Taking a dominant or top position is not for them. Neither is always taking a submissive or bottom role. Some prefer to exchange with the same partner or partners, and others have a dominant play partner and a submissive play partner, but in either case, they do not fit on one endpoint of the spectrum. Vanilla Vanilla people enjoy regular, standard sex and relationship models. Nothing wrong with that, as long as you're having fun. Keyhole Production Studios. It was a male stripper company. Not a trashy prostitute type business but quality shows and tours. It all began with 13 inches. I was working as a daytime bartender at happy hour. I loved my part-time bartender job. I had never been a bartender before, and I got good at it. The bar was getting a large afternoon crowd, and even some famous people would pop in to chat during their lunch hour. The bar always had a stripper on a box with the light above them jiggling for two hours. At nighttime on Thursday, they put on what they called, the show. A song played, a guy would walk out the stage, then stripped, and that was it. I was a happy hour bartender, so I never saw the shows until I was asked to work a night shift. They needed an additional bartender. I agreed. I knew a lot about costumes and performances. I have been in ballet and off-Broadway shows. I learned how to dance. Thursday night shift, the customers were delighted to see me there at night. I'm watching the stripper show. The guys were all cute, but they didn't know how to dance. There was nothing special about the show at all. The bar closed, and I was talking to the owner. He knew I was a professional dancer and asked me what I thought. I asked him, is all that ever happens in the shows? The bar owner said, yes, and continued to tell me that it was costly and the company always sends the same performers. I asked him how much he paid, and he told me. What? I exclaimed after hearing the amount he was paying per dancer. The following Thursday, one of the dancers was visible to me from my workstation. Let's call him Rico. He was standing on the box with the light above his head. He was very sexy at six feet tall with all the proper bumps, shapes, and portions sexy in all the right places. I liked watching him gyrating and jiggling to the music. He danced pretty well. I noticed that his tea back was extremely big. His cock was huge. When I took my break, I decided to talk to Rico. I bought a couple of dollars and talked to him while adding dollars to his tea back. Rico bent down and whispered into my ear, look down. I looked down, and he had pulled the top of the tea back open. Inside I saw his vast 13 inches, the biggest I had ever seen. I found out that he was not given but only a quarter of the money paid for him in the booking fee, also, 20% of the tips he had to give to his agent. By the way, Rico liked me, and he was flirting with me heavily. So I slipped him my phone number. Rico called me one day out of the blue. We had a great conversation on the phone, and he asked me if I would mind him coming over. Of course, I said, sure. We are sitting in my living room, talking on the couch, all about his stripper career and the company he works for. He mentions that many other performers are pissed off because they're paying ridiculous amounts of money and not getting that many jobs. My egghead started working. At that moment, I realized that all I needed to have was several performers, and I could train them how to dance and put on a fantastic show. I didn't say anything to Rico then because I was more interested in getting him in bed. Rico says as he stands up, let me put on a show for you. He strips for me to end up completely nude. Rico gives it to me as he looks at me. 
he had smooth skin, no hair, and a washboard stomach, and that enormous cock was fun. A couple of weeks later, I talked to the bar's owner. He gave me the names of all the other bars that used the agent. I began calling. I asked them if I could get the price down by 25% and put on shows with choreography backdrops and themes they would be interested in. All but one said yes. I was allowed to use my bar for rehearsals. I ran an ad in the gay newspaper asking for performers. Rico brought 10 guys that worked for the old company. It was a nightmare trying to teach these gorgeous men to dance. Some of them were just too bad to train. Finally, word got out to the bars that I was doing this and had rehearsals. For our first show, I had a giant backdrop painted with phosphorus paint that would glow in black lights. Three guys danced on the stage simultaneously, interacting with each other. They were in white unitards painted with the same phosphorus paint. It was a cute little number. The lights were all normal until they began to strip their unitards underneath. They were skin tight, and as they undressed, the black lights were turned on. All you saw were the glowing unitards painted. We had several other sets, a country western theme and a leather theme. Next week's show was huge. Soon the bar had to have three showings. It was packed and had a waiting line around the block. All to see my shows. I know it sounds great. Hot, right. Well, it was sweltering, but it had a severe problem. It's called my ethics. I knew better than to screw around with my dancers. And for the most part, I stuck to my rule. I dated two of my dancers for a very, very long time. It was more of a relationship than screwing around, but I never just had sex with the dancers. I could have too many times. Looking back, I probably would have made a different decision and enjoyed myself. As I mentioned, it started with 13 inches, and honestly, Rico was married. His wife and kids were fantastic, and we got along well. I will skip ahead by mentioning Rico was my, boyfriend, for many years. I tell you because he helped me run my business too. Well, because our shows were incredible and the dancers were well trained, and we were only doing quality stuff in the best nightclubs around the country, I was very good at organizing the business and keeping it operational. It boomed. We were everywhere. After many years of operation, my business ended because of carjacking and not having significant insurance. Because of the carjacking and my being shot dead, I came back, and I took months to recover. I had to sell my business and Texas home. I was broke. Let me rewind time and tell you that I didn't mess around much. I dated Rico, and everyone considered him either a boss or my boyfriend. Bar and club tips my generation was raised talking to people. And the bars were a safe place to hook up, make friends, and other social news. In the late 80s, it also became the place to discuss HIV and AIDS. Gay bars were instrumental in raising money to help those in need. Fortunately, I knew enough to play safe. It was tough to see 100s of such a close community die. I had to stop going to funerals. With COVID younger people might be able to understand how bad it was then. For a long time, nobody knew anything, and people were dropping like flies for no reason, and of course, you had the religious zealots saying that we were being damned to hell, but like all diseases, it did not stay in our group. As females and straight men began to get sick, that changed. It was such evil gays had to travel in groups not to get beaten and often killed. I had two close friends. One got AIDS, the other got KK Ked helping a sick guy to his car. I will say that COVID fatal rate is microscopic in comparison. 
One good thing about living through all that was the gay community stood up and demanded a semblance of respect, and the antiviral meds today were developed by our influence and efforts. Interestingly, my friend, Shauna Brooks, introduced me to Elton John at a benefit concert in Atlanta. He told me about the CDC's findings. Luckily the younger gays do not have to worry about it. Pills with no real side effects keep the problem to the level of a minor issue. So you are in a club and no one talks to the person sulking in the corner. Open up and smile. A confident person attracts other people. The people you want to become friends with to be famous at the bar. If you feel unsure and are not that confident, fake it, till you make it. The first person you should talk to at the bar is the bouncer or the coat check person. Chat them up about anything, your best bet is complimenting them on their hair or clothes. The main reason is that these people see everything at the bar and know everyone. It also makes you more confident walking in, knowing you have a report with someone there. Bartenders are also good. Try to order the same thing all night, they will recognize you from that repetitive behavior. The truth is that dating as a gay, bi plus, or pansexual man can be as messy, unfulfilling, and complicated as, queer as folk, makes it seem. But it doesn't have to be. Most people will be friendly and chat you up back. This is a great way to make friends and maybe even get a drink. Don't worry about anyone's gender or sexual orientation, talk to someone. Remember to smile. The apps are great. The bars are better. Perhaps watching Queer as Folk when wasn't the best gauge of accuracy for how venturing out onto the gay scene would be. In my mind, everyone would be eye-fucking each other until, with the nod of a head, you'd be off with someone and go and get head or have sex. Could you not take it too seriously? Despite what TV dramas and romantic comedies might teach you, hooking up with that hot guy from the bar shouldn't be a mission with every eventuality planned and plotted. It should be fun. It should be casual. And the result shouldn't be everything. The successes and the rejections are all part of it. Admittedly, before the advent of hookup apps, when I was a baby gay first on the scene, things were a little like that, just without the great lighting and flattering camera angles, and it wasn't being broadcast on Showtime. Things nowadays are very different. Not only are gay bars and clubs in crisis, closing left, right, and center, but the art of hooking up has diminished. It's easy to drop a pin at your location and wait for a guy to come over. Who's got the time and money to drop $16 on a vodka soda and perch yourself in a bar while you attempt to make eyes at anyone you can? The answer should be you, you should have the time because this historic hookup method is way more thrilling and rewarding than a few taps on your smartphone while you lounge on your couch watching old episodes of Drag Race. So, put down your phone and follow this advice, and you, too, could take that hot guy home from the bar. Use your eyes and pay attention to details. Any guy in a gay bar can roam a room with their eyes, making contact with each Tom, Dick, and Harry in the place. That's the easy part. The complicated element of cruising like this is realizing, first, when to pack it and once you've scored, and second, how to use it sparingly. The temptation can be to seek out anyone who flings a glance your way and to try and play a game of who blinks first. Be leisurely about it, there's no reason to rush into something. Note that it's sexy to be coy, but don't prolong things. If it appears you're both into it, for goodness sake, go over and introduce yourself to them. Be wary, too, of searching around like a meerkat. It's better to go home alone than to get into something you don't want to get into. Many bars have a drag night, find out when it is and go. If the bar has a resident drag queen, she will most likely be hosting the night, 
After the show, goes up and introduce yourself while telling her that you like the show. Be careful, though. Most queens have claws. Don't hang with her the whole night, say you enjoyed the show, maybe buy her a drink and then leave and do your own thing. We live in an age when people are more and more afraid to talk to strangers. It's why the apps are so damn popular. But don't be scared to initiate a conversation with someone who catches your eye. You could end up having a glorious evening discussing your favorite books before you head back to your place and fool around. The worst that can happen is that someone gives you an odd look, it happens, or tells you that they're not interested in chatting. If that's the case, don't be a dick, walk away and find somewhere else. Conversation, however, is critical. Tip. The guy you want the most in a bar looks at him. If he seems a little interested, play as you think. Oh, he's nice but not overly interested. People always want what they can't have, or it is not easy to get you to become much more attractive if you don't throw yourself at somebody. For our podcast audience, we will be right back after a short audio pause. Hopefully, you are enjoying my experiences. Maybe in one way or another, the life I choose to share so openly can help you, too. Rather than sell my stories, the sexy ones, I combine them with valuable tips to give examples of the dynamics in real life. If you are so inclined, we gladly accept contributions and donations funds are used for operational website costs. Additional money we receive funds go to the LGBT community. Only you can determine whether it's good or bad for you it all boils down to what you think is right for you, not what other people think. If you enjoy porn and it doesn't cause any issues in your life, then by all means, enjoy it to your heart's content. If you believe porn is wrong for you, there's no reason in the world to expose yourself to it. That's also a valid choice. Porn isn't for everyone. If you already have a poor body image or worry about sexual performance, you may consider examining your motivations to use it more carefully. Here are some signs that you may be struggling with your porn use, you're spending more time on it than you wish. It's affecting your work or relationships. You feel that you don't have control over your porn use and are distressed by it. Your sexual expectations have become unrealistic. You find it difficult to experience pleasurable solo or partnered sex. You feel shameful or guilty about watching or otherwise engaging with porn. Porn itself isn't bad let's start by saying a lot of people watch, read, look at, or listen to porn. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. Pornography includes a huge range of products from homemade. Photos of loving couples to mass-produced erotic movies designed to turn a large profit. A person must judge whether porn is good or bad based on their values, the scientific research on porn-related issues that matter most to them, and the effect pornography has on their life. If you don't approve of porn and don't want to be exposed to it, there's nothing wrong with that, either. How you engage with it, on the other hand, can be most people who use porn can do so without negative consequences. You can enjoy it whether you're single or in a committed relationship. It can add another dimension to sexual enjoyment or open the lines of communication with your partner. For others, using porn can get in the way of relationships. For example, if one of you is into porn and the other is totally against it, 
or if one of you is into a type of porn the other simply can't tolerate. Too much porn use can sometimes lead to unrealistic sexual expectations or body image issues. It's important to remember what you see in porn isn't reality actors act and directors direct. They get together to make porn flicks for a targeted audience. When you're watching a porn film, you're watching a work of fiction. It's no more spontaneous and natural than an action movie or a romantic comedy. Not that there's anything wrong with fiction. It's fun. As long as you don't lose sight of this, you should be just fine. But if you start comparing your own body, sexual performance, or ability to attract a sexual partner to the fictional standards of porn, you could be in for some issues with confidence and self-esteem. It isn't a stand-in for sex education, either porn may even have several benefits, like normalizing desire and self-exploration humans come with a wide variety of desires. We may sometimes wonder if ours are normal. Arousal porn can help a person become physically aroused. This may make it easier to have sex with a partner or to enjoy solo sex. When it comes to sexuality, we're often too intimidated or embarrassed to ask about such things. What a relief to find out we're not so different after all. While you might learn a thing or two from watching porn or reading a sexy book, it shouldn't be considered an alternative to sex education, which is an entirely different thing. Remember, porn is pure fantasy. It isn't created to teach anything about human relationships, sexual development, or sexual health, so it probably won't provide much in the way of enlightenment in those areas. Removing the sense of taboo can allow for discussions about healthy consumption just how many people view porn is hard to say. Even today, some people may be unwilling to admit to using porn. The very definition of porn can even vary from person to person. What we do know is that using porn has become common, even within romantic relationships. It can also be a way to discover new things have you ever wondered if you're the only one who doesn't know what a certain sexual position or idea is all about. That's one reason people, especially younger folks, turn to porn to satisfy their curiosities. College is certainly a time of learning and exploration. That includes sex. And for some folks, it can be a safe way to explore and validate their sexuality there's some evidence trusted source that pornography can be helpful for people who want to explore their sexuality or better understand their sexual identity. This may be especially helpful for people who live in rural areas or communities where it's difficult to openly engage with others about their sexuality. The bottom line. Many people can enjoy porn regularly or just check it out once in a while without concern. Others don't like it or find that it's more trouble than it's worth. Porn, like so many things, is a very individual, very personal thing. You get to decide what's best for you. Welcome to Volume 2 of Roger's Adult Handbook. Next are more interesting sexual encounters. I was driving across the country on the highway in a truck with sets and gear for a booking. A husband and wife in a convertible pull alongside and start showing off for me. He pulls out his meat and fingers her. 
Happen spend some time on the highway, and they usually speed off after a short distance, but they follow me for a long time. I pulled into a rest area and was in the bathroom stall. The bathroom was hectic, and my door opened. In steps the guy as he shut the stall door. He told me to be quiet as he pulled out his meat, long story short. All three of us got a hotel, which was probably the hottest sexual experience I ever had. Oh, FYI, no, I didn't have intercourse with the girl. Well, not the full thing, that is. Driving not far from Denver, Colorado, my car broke down, and it was snowing and freezing. After many hours I was freezing, and there was a tap on my window. It was a tow truck. The tow truck driver was a big burly man, and he was very concerned when he found me. I was shivering so much I couldn't speak. He put me in the cab of his tow truck and hooked up my car. The roads were so bad the snow was coming down awfully. I was dozing in and out, shivering until I blacked out. I woke up and was wrapped in blankets on a couch. Looking around, I could tell I was in a trailer. I saw in a recliner the tow truck driver sleeping. I was naked and bundled up, so I could not get out of the blankets. I checked out Rex, the truck driver. He was a big guy, not fat but big, with a reddish beard and tattoos. A suitable old boy type divorced at about 40. He was in a t-shirt, boots, and jeans showing a large silver belt buckle. He was sexy as hell, daddy type sleeping near me. I dozed off to sleep again to wake up hearing the shower running. Rex comes into the room in a towel. His body showed muscles and his tattoos were super high quality. I hear. I am glad you're okay. Rex had a voice that was so manly yet kind. We talked about my frostbite, and his nurse ex-wife would check on me tomorrow, car repair, etc. All this time, he has a towel on his chair. I see it hanging under the towel easily. He was big, and everything was. It looked like two baseballs, and draped over them was one of those sausages from Hickory Farms. My eyes must have shown my impressive obsession. Rex said, you are gay, aren't you? That's cool. I had a buddy in jail, I bet you think he wanted me to blow him. Yes, he did. I bet you think he wanted me to bend over for him. No, I was amazed and happy because you may not believe it, but only straight guys did I turn for. I was delighted because rarely do I find this masculine of a bottom. We had lots of fun and not only sex. We enjoyed talking and had many common interests. I saw him a couple of times, once at the white party in the Keys and once we arranged to meet in Aspen. It's funny, and it's challenging to mention many of the things that happened while I was touring with the dancers or booking them in the bars because I met everybody famous people, bar owners leaders in the industry, so most of my experience was not sexual during Keyhole Production Studios. Please don't get disheartened. I'm going to share a few more things that happened, and believe me, some things were spectacular. I saw a lot of sex on tour because we shared hotel rooms. A typical time had five performers. We would try to get as few rooms as possible to save money, a minimum of two to a room and often three we did. On occasion, we all stayed in one room. Woof, I must admit it was hard not to get gang banged. The guys knew it too. They would lay around nude and tease me all the time, a few hit on me for real. So my one new year show on tour happened. Six of us were in a nice hotel out of town. This was a top rated high, billing booking. They were paying top dollar for a new year's eve show. The guys made many tips, so everybody was excited and happy and a little drunk, so we all finally got to the hotel after a great show. Rico was running things elsewhere, so he wasn't on tour with me. 
I was with two biking looking guys, one biker daddy, a construction worker, and a jock type, big sweaty hot guys in two beds. I sat in the chair, and the guys were milling around the room. All of a sudden, I noticed everybody was naked. I didn't pay much attention until I saw everyone standing close to my chair. They took my clothes off. I told them I was taken. I told them I was the boss and it was not cool. I told them Rico would find out. That's when they started laughing and told me. Rico told them to do it. He said to the guys, after all these years, he has been astounding. Other booking and production companies charge more, plus you have to do whatever sexual favor too. I want him to have this fantasy he told me he has come true. Quote. Guys, you best darn well believe it did. Those guys took it and gave it and everything in between. During all of my keyhole business, I had a group of very affluent friends that lived in San Antonio, and often they would travel with me when we would tour or show up and help me by calling on the phone and telling me what was going on inside of a bar where my dancers would be booked at. On the beach in Texas. A pair of lovers that I knew before my business, during my company, and after my business. Yes, and to this very day, I live in Missouri and travel in an RV every year. After a show, we would go to the beach and use the RV and camp. A touring porn star I had booked in my show as a guest performer. The show went well, and we were all in the rather cramped RV. It was a kind of windy night but warm, so the porn star and I decided we would go just for a walk along the beach. He talked about his career, complimented me on my shows, and liked my work. We got quite a far way from the RV, and there was a log, and he stopped. My eyes must have popped out because shortly after I heard his zipper open, he said. Yeah, I see you like it. Wagging his huge thing as pee shot from it. I'm not really into that kind of thing, but I must admit it was beautiful with the moonlight coming in over the ocean across his sexy body and colossal meat hanging there. I could see he was expecting me to go for him. I didn't, instead, I pulled my dick out and peed. I wasn't expecting anything to happen, but I heard. Damn, you're pretty hung. I didn't expect that. I laughed and said, okay, please make your way bigger. Then he told me something I will never forget. Yeah, but you are beautiful. I can see you're in this business, but I also see how happy everyone around you is. Then he grabbed my cock, pulling me to him. I stood, eyes even with his chest. This is what you are going to do. First, make not a sound unless it's yes, sir. Understand me. He was in my face, one hand moving from my dick to my butt. His other hand pushed my head onto his washboard body until I choked on him. He swallowed me, and we played and slept on the beach till morning. Rico found out about this one and wasn't overly happy. I have always run across erotic guys. Performer Greg lived not very far from me and was a fabulous dancer. He had an adorable body, kind of a boy type. He was also kinky as hell. Greg knew my company policy was no sexual fraternization. He was a neighbor, so he would come over sometimes and use my pool and visit. One time he was over, and I needed to run to the store for something. He stayed at my house while I was gone. I arrived back from the store, and I couldn't find him anywhere. The last place I went to look was my bedroom. I had one of those wrought iron canopy beds. Completely naked and handcuffed with one wrist to my bed. Greg lay on my bed. Next to him was a huge dildo. I said Greg, what the fuck are you doing? Greg smiled and said, I will only tell you where the key is after you use that dildo on me. I tried to convince him otherwise, but he would not tell me where the key was.
I looked all around. I thought he may have hidden it. I even left him there like that for a few hours. That was a mistake that only made him hornier. Greg, you know I shouldn't do this. I should fire you. I told him. Greg pleaded and begged. I need you to violate me and fuck me. I need you to use me as your whore. Please, sir, please. I just said. Shit. He was on my bed, and one arm stuck to the bedpost, cocked his face in the pillow, his butt in the air with his knees underneath him. He had a beautiful pink hole in the center of a firm, round butt. I never used sex toys until that very day. I grab the big dildo for grease and watch his pink hole separate. I slowly shoved that huge dildo inside him. Greg moaned and groaned in such an erotic way it turned me on, and my dick got hard. It was beautiful sightseeing this gorgeous guy with that huge dildo and that pretty stretch going in and out of it. Greg cries out, fuck me, please, sir. I removed the big dildo from him and got behind him. My palms spread his butt cheeks as I ram my cock hard deep into his hole. I fucked him very hard, slapping his ass, pulling his hair, reaching around, and pinching his nipples as he screamed and moaned fuck me, stud, give me that cum. I had never had such a restrained, submissive man in front of me. I feel my cock swell, and he pushes back, wanting me deep inside. Eight and a half hours later, he finally gave me the key. He had thrown it across the room into my fish tank. Tom was the third stripper I had sex with. I was considering making it into my lover. He was ex-military. He was stripped part-time, and he was around after the Keyhole Production Studio closed because of a carjacking. He visited me in the hospital, but I ended up moving away before anything developed of significance. Carjacking and Tom. Okay, so here is what happened. It was 3 o'clock, and I pulled into an Exxon gas station to get gas. The gas station I stopped at was dark but just off the highway. Long story short, I was shot in the neck while getting carjacked. I ended up in a military hospital. It wasn't good. I had to close my business because of it. I was in a hospital ward with beautiful military patients everywhere. I had breathing tubes in my nose and neck, but other than that, I was not damaged. After about a week, I was able to move around a bit. I had a big machine to breathe to push around, but I could go short distances. Everybody there knew I was gay. Vast numbers of male and female dancers visited me. Plus, a few queens. Now I am lying in the ward of a bunch of masculine redneck military guys in Texas. I thought I would get hassled, and a few guys did, but mostly they were enjoying the flesh parade visiting me. No privacy here at all. One time three of my girls were there. It was funny too. As I looked, all eyes were on us. Every cock was hard. I told the girls to look, and they smiled. I said, girls. Look, these boys are stuck in here bored. The girls started to smile. They knew me well. Next, I said I bet all those men are horny looking at my sexy girls. I know because I've been playing boners with these men in the room. All the men sat up in their beds if they could. The soldiers' eyes were opened as big as saucers. I told one of the girls to get the nurse. I mean the male nurse that I want to have some privacy. Would he guard the door? He smiled and said, I can get in big trouble for this. Fucking it. I will watch the door. My girls went to bed. They danced. They sucked and fucked the room. The guys were in heaven. My view was fantastic, too. We got away with it, too, from then on. Those guys treated me awesomely. Late one night, about a week later. Tom was getting released the next day with a medical discharge. Tom woke me and indicated for me to be silent. He slipped into bed with me. 
Tom whispered, do not ask. Do not tell. My mouth was out of commission. He was not. He sucked every drop of cum out of me. He rolled me on my side and pumped me all night. A few of the other guys woke and saw what was happening. One just went back to sleep, and two jacked off watching me getting fucked. The nurse woke us up in bed together. He said, hey guys, you have to clean up before the staff arrives. He was awesome. So were all the ward of soldiers. It was as if a crew came in and got us cleaned up. The guys all told me whether I was awesome gay or not. This might not sound like a big deal. Remember, these are all very alpha males. Very straight. Tom got discharged from the hospital. About a week later, Tom shows up with flowers and candy. Tom visited me as often as he could until I was out of the hospital. A couple of weeks later at home, my lover comes into the bedroom one morning, not happy at all. He says your military guy is in the living room. Oh shit. I said, no kidding. Tom was so handsome. My lover saw his eyes. Then mine. He knew at that moment things were different. I saw his eyes tear up, and it broke my heart. My lover loved me. My lover said I am going to go to the store. You guys have fun, and we will have a nice dinner when I return. I walked my lover out, and as he got in the car. He said I love you enough to let you go. He said. That man is madly in love with you, and I know you love him too. This was all true. I was thinking about these things while he drove off. I decided to try for Tom. I got him, and we had fantastic sex. My lover showed up while we were in my bed. He was cool about it. He came in with drinks for us. Tom went to shower, and I said I would join him soon. My lover sat next to me on the bed. I expected drama. He just said I see you guys are falling for each other. I want only you to be happy, and even though I love you, I know to let you go. I want you as part of my life, even if it is not how I want it to be. He said you shower and have a fun dinner in two hours. Oh my god. What the hell am I doing? My lover was perfect, but my heart was not. Tom and I talked in the shower. I told him everything. Tom started to cry a bit. He asked me are you staying with him? I paused, water running over me. I knew this was a life-changing decision, and I looked into Tom's eyes. I had fallen for Tom, and I had a great lover, but my heart was now Tom's. Tom was so happy. I had seen joy and sorrow before Tom was in heaven. I was pleased but had pain. 2. My now ex-lover and dinner in 1 hour and 6 minutes. Dinner, believe it or not, was incredible. My ex had set a place for 2. I felt awkward. Ex said coolly. I ate already and want you guys to have a special dinner. He served a fantastic meal, all the bells and whistles. After dinner, we all had wine around the pool. My ex and Tom were talking. I felt odd and stressed, so I jumped into the pool. They talked for a long time. After I got out, my ex kisses me on the cheek. He said, tears in his eyes. Tom is awesome. I see why you fell for him. I said okay. He continued to tell me I love you enough to know Tom is good for you and he said I could remain friends with you guys as long as I could handle that. I whispered to my ex. You know, I feel bad. He stopped me and said do not let the heart do what it does. You did not seek Tom, he found you. I got a few of the best years of my life. Tom is coming out, he needs you, and he is a top. I know you prefer a top yet for all the time we have been together, not one time did you complain. It's his time. I kissed him. It was done. Tom and I then went swimming. When we got out, my ex had taken a few things and gone to stay with our friends. 
I got over my sad feelings. Tom could tell my heart was a bit tattered. He told me they had had a fascinating conversation. And Tom also said that guy loves you. You know. I started to cry. Tom held me all night. Tom was very scared. I might want what I let go of. I did not want him to live in doubt. I did something I rarely do. I lied. I told Tom the truth. He was a bottom, and I only stayed because he loved me so much. I was ready to find a new man already. The last part was a lie. Tom smiled and said you do not lie worth a shit. But thank you. Okay, that's it. We are all still friends even years later. Okay, the sex. Where is that in the story? Tom was built like a Greek god, the sex was fantastic. I would swallow his cock every morning, and he would bring me flowers or wine or something every night. He was romantic. On my birthdays a lot of things always happened to me. The party where nobody brought any presents. Every year, my house was known in my neighborhood and in the gay community to have a huge birthday bash. On my birthday, every year, I had invitations I would send out, and people would arrive with booze and presents. It was not unusual for my birthday parties to last 4 or 5 days. My birthday party was due to start, and people should be arriving in a couple of hours. So I had everything ready to go. And I was all excited about another birthday. My invitations have been sent out, everyone has replied, and it was going to be a large party for sure. I always had a table in the back room where people would put their coats and another in the living room where we served the cake. And I had a table where people would stack their presents. The party I was busy during and I never really paid much attention to the present table. I happened to notice there was no presents this year. Normally there would be quite a few. A lot of people did bring booze. I didn't care about the present too much. So I just went back to enjoying my evening, and everyone was getting drunk and having a good time swimming in the pool. We had cake, and everybody said happy birthday. Now my parties tend to last a long time. I would go to sleep in my bedroom. And then, when I woke up, the party would still be going on. This was not unusual. This year was different. I was in my room not long, and it came from a guy who had a rubber on. He says I have your birthday present. That was fun. He left. Then another man comes in, and another and another all with rubbers on. What the heck was going on? The next guy comes in, and I say what's up. He said I am here to give you your present. Did I say dick yes? He said yes. Wrapped up just for you. He handed me my party invitation. It all looks normal. I read it. I got down to the last line, and I saw it says be sure you come with your package wrapped, not present wrapped. Holy shit. The guy laughed and said you know you have about 35 guys to go. I said, oh no way, I am done now. He said oh no, not till after me. So I had the best present on my bed. A few guys went to the store and bought me a slide for my pool. They all gave me notes saying they owed me a special wrapped package. I collected a few over the next year. I always double check my invitations now. I dated my boss and he gave me an awesome present. He wanted to show me a wonderful time for my birthday. He sent his stylists to prepare outfits for us to wear. A limo took us out and we had a wonderful meal, dancing. And he even took me to an art gallery. His friend was the featured artist. He turned his charms while giving me a private tour of his work. It was awesome. We got to the boss's home, and he arranged flowers around, yellow roses. My favorite flower. Boss kissed me, and holy shit. I checked his cock out. He was beef. 
You know those huge summer sausages they sell at Hickory Farms? Well, yep huge, boss made love to me so gently and took his time. He kissed and caressed me. He had his way of making love. I swear this was the best sex I had ever had. I slept in his arms and heard his heartbeat echo in his chest. The boss got up a bit before 6am when I always woke up. He made a lovely breakfast and brought it to me in bed. I insist on the boss getting in bed and eating it with me. After eating he said I have a special birthday treat for you. In comes a hairy chest guy. You have never seen a Cuban man naked, is that correct? I said yes, that's true. He gave me a sexy smile. That hot Cuban man told me to come here and look closer. I did. He felt very sexual to me as I touched him. He looked at me and said, you may find something you will like if you look a bit lower, he dropped his pants. Holy crap. It was dark and long with lots of foreskins. I just had to grab it. He took control very fast. He fed me the dick. Afterward, he let me run my fingers through the hair on his chest. Mr. Cuban hottie walked to the boss and said, what would you like me to do? The boss said it was my baby's birthday. I want to see you fuck my boy. That Latin man and I gave the boss the show of his life. He pulled out of me and hugged me, dressed and kissed me on the cheek, and left. Birthday Bill. Bill was a factory manager at a meatpacking plant. He worked lots of hours and lived next to the plant. His whole family has been butchers, and they have worked for the company since it opened. I thought he was straight. I was at a sports bar enjoying a free birthday meal. Bill came over, and we started celebrating my birthday. After a few hours, I said I wanted to check in with my office. Bill said he would hang out with me. After you check in, how long are you free? He asked. I told him I was free till the day I flew out. We both went back to my room. And I made my call. I sat on the small couch in my room. I was happy to have a minibar at home. I don't drink, and I had plenty already. However, I was nervous around Bill because he was hot. We talked about pretty ordinary things, the news, the weather, but it was how he said things, voice and attitude, tone and expression, all indicating sexual arousal and desire. But still, nothing said would truly indicate a sexual advance on my part. Then Bill just in the middle of the conversation, Bill flat out asks me if I want a blow job for my birthday. Without me saying anything, lustily, he leans in his hand and slides down my chest towards my semi-hard cock. It was not long before Bill was on all fours on the floor before me. I am sitting on my couch. This super sexy man is blowing me, I think to myself. I have to tell you that I enjoyed getting my cock sock off. I blew my load, and my body shook as it came. Not just once. Two, three, blasts. Bill said happy birthday. I know you're gay, and I figured you would enjoy it. I said, heck yes. The bound birthday. It was my 26th birthday, and I was on a business trip to Washington DC. I was traveling with my friend. I called Eddie the Mooch. He never had enough money. But he was an excellent friend in every other way. And he and I were in some bar drinking. We were checking all the bars out. I was getting very drunk. And Eddie was picking up a sexy man. I wasn't paying attention to any of the men around me. I was enjoying my cocktail watching, and he performed for his main target. The bar was getting full, and I was ready to leave when he came to me and said he was taking off with his guy. Eddie was gone, and I sat at the bar. I was a little upset because Eddie had forgotten it was my birthday. I finished my drink. 
And the bartender said, you see that guy with the tattoos at the end of the bar. I looked over and saw who he was talking about and said, yes, I do. The bartender said he wanted to buy you a drink. Okay, I asked if he would come and properly introduce himself. The bartender looked me in the eye and said, listen, L don't know him well, but he has been here several times, and he seems okay. He is top and probably rough. I leaned in and asked if he thought he was safe. The bartender said people probably knew him and that he lived close by. He walked over to me, and I will never forget how sexy he looked. He wore skin-tight leather pants with a wide heavy belt clasp and a large silver buckle. You could make out the sinews of his muscular legs, even through his leather pants. He showed a large box stretching the leather of his fly. He had no shirt on, and a washboard stomach rippled as he walked. He had a firm, nice chest and a ring on his nipple. He had that sexy V-line on either side of his pelvis. His arms were muscular, and he had sexy tattoos all over his body. As he walked, he had a swagger of confidence and masculinity. Hi, my name is Tom, he said in an intense voice. We talked about everything under the sun. Tom was very charming and not exactly as I expected. He told me he had a warehouse close to that he was fixing up to rent out the loft and studio apartments. We found a sex quiz at the bar and enjoyed asking each other the questions. One question was, what is your most hot sexual fantasy? I told him that mine was to be tied up and taken by a bunch of guys. Tom told me he would be the bunch of guys in my fantasy. I laughed. I thought he was being clever and cute. We kept drinking and chatting. It came up in conversation that it was my birthday. Tom sang happy birthday to me in the bar. I was reading from blushing, and he made me feel special. We danced and drank. We talked a lot. Tom said, let me make a few calls, and then we can celebrate your birthday at my place. Tom took me out of the bar, a short walk to his place. We arrived at an old brick building. It was in not too bad condition. You could see current work was going on. Tom kissed me with excitement as he showed me a house project. I must admit I was impressed. Then he asked me to dance for him. The studio was completely done. It had been a while since I danced professionally, but I was still good. I danced as the stereo played. When dancing, the world disappears, and I am the music and movement. After I finished, I was sweating. Tom said to put these sweats on after you shower. I will toss these in the wash. Oh, I have arranged a birthday present in the early morning. We took a shower together, and he explored my whole body. I felt him all over too. His body was so muscular. It felt like chiseled stone. We got out of the shower and went to the living room. Tom showed me his tattoos and talked about them as he flexed his muscles. He walks close to me. His cock is near my face as he stands in front of my chair. Then his towel drops. He has a tiny dragon just to the right of his pubic hair. I can't help but notice his washboard stomach and the lines of muscles on his pelvis. He was looking down at me, and I looked up. What have you? Tom smiled big and said, oh, you like the view. I smiled. I lay there naked. Looking up at him, I felt so vulnerable and small next to this massive study of a man. His smell of booze, soap, and musk in my nose. His crotch is inches from me. He lifted me and kissed me. It was like no other kiss. I melted in this beast of a man. I hear him say you do have eyes. Pretty lips. Tom took me to the bedroom and said get in bed and roll over. Let me see that as I did and turn my head to look back at him. 
Tom said that it is wonderful to have ten and smooth. Tom's hand pulls on his cock. I looked into his face, and he had the sexiest dirty grin. I tasted salt and flesh as I licked around. He moaned and surged thicker. He stood next to my bed. I enjoyed looking up at that flawless torso. I feel a rough hand thrust into my butt crack. I winced as sweat-covered fingers entered my whole body. I remember feeling him going deep in me and out of me so many times. I wake in the morning hearing, happy birthday. I feel my hands tied behind my back and see guys standing around me. Tom, Dick, and Harry were their names. I hear. Okay, guys. It's time to show this boy his birthday fantasy. I then felt him grab my head. He forces himself down my throat. I go down on him to the base, and he makes me stay there choking. We all had sex. The pain and pleasure e of it was amazing. Harry said yes, that's a good boy. Scream all you want. We are going to tear your pussy up. Let me tell you. These men were so sexy and hot. Tom. His hair was sun bleached brown hair. With his square jaw. He was handsome. He was tall and had big muscles. He had a sexy deep voice. Tom was in and out of jail. I must say that guy named Dick had a big dick. It was as big as a beer can. He was hairy and very sexy. He looked like a trucker. He had brown eyes and dark hair, and he looked very mean and dangerous. He was just out of jail. He had massive arms, sexy tattoos, and a super fit body. I obeyed and they fulfilled my group fantasy. Sexy bikers scare me and turn me on. I arrived at a Harley dealership. Several other guys were walking around. I was scared, but it was also getting hard. A couple of the guys, mechanics, were sexy with white, dirty, sweaty t-shirts. All the guys are fit and rough. As soon as I was in the center of the group, they all started to undress me. I could feel all those big men with strong hands removing my clothes and touching me. The shop floor room. It had Harley bikes, and there was a pit group couch set for customers in the middle of the room. I knelt on my knees and started at one end of the pit group. I noticed all of them were pretty much aroused by the time I got to each one of them. It was fantastic. And yes, I did feel like a dirty little slut. Next, they grabbed me and carried me to a workbench in the back room. Face down, and they tied my hands and feet. One slowly started fucking me. Then deeper, side to side. The other guys wanted to show off how much better they could use me. They all took turns showing off. One biker, Tom, took me alone to his house. As soon as we arrived, he said, get naked on your hands and knees. He took his clothes off and sat in his chair. It was a sexy view seeing those manly legs spread far apart. His incredible body is leaning back, and his large member is sticking up. I am on all fours in front of him. He maneuvered my head right onto his cock tip. I could hear him moaning as I twisted my head and bobbed up and down on him. I couldn't get enough. I worked on him for about 10 to 15 minutes. Next, he knelt behind me, and Tom slapped my butt. Spread them, pretty boy. I am not trying to hurt you. If I wanted to hurt you, I would have just done you from the get-go. As he spoke dirty to me Tom was breathing heavily and flexing his body. Yeah, you can take it exclaimed Tom. I groaned as he said, oh my god. That's it, boy. All inside. He grabs my hair and I feel him, banging me. Then he turns me and throws me on my back, legs in his hands. Again I feel him during my hours. Couples plus myself. I need to start by saying in my relationships that I have mostly been long-term and monogamous, but those are my relationships. Situations with others have been interesting. 
My very first unusual gay relationship was with a bartender. Bruce was a very handsome bartender and very sexy. I was young and built like a swimmer, not big but fit. Bruce was a few years older. He had a lover for a couple of years, and they broke up when I met him. He had picked me up, and I was at his apartment. His lover had already moved out. It was late at night, and we were on the couch. Bruce and I were cuddling, and his lover Ted walked in to get some of his stuff. Bruce was quite upset, it was very awkward. After Ted left, Bruce was crying, and I comforted him. The sex was fantastic, by the way. A couple of days later, I was sleeping over at Bruce's house while he was at work. It was about 11 p.m., and I woke to see Ted standing over me right next to the bed. Ted was a burly guy with dark eyes and a military haircut. He was a leather guy. Ted told me to be quiet. I could tell I was in trouble. Long story short, he left Bruce because he wasn't into S&M, Ted liked to dominate. Before I knew what happened or even how, I had a belt around my neck, bound wrists, and 9 inches of Ted in my mouth. I remember trying to get away. He used me till almost 1 am, then left me gagged naked, band 8. Bruce got home and freed me at 3 am after work. Bruce is holding me in the morning as the sun peeks through closed drapes. I see him sleeping, and his face is gorgeous, manly, as I was enjoying the view, Ted and two other big guys burst into the bedroom. Bruce fought them hard, but they subdued us both. On my knees bent over one side of the bed, and Bruce on the opposite side in the bent over the position. They placed us, so we were looking into each other's faces. All day those guys used Bruce and me as we looked at each other. After they let us go and left, I remember sitting on the shower floor as the water ran over me. I was at a cross between shock, victimization, and abuse, yet, deep inside, it was so freaking hot. Interestingly enough, in college, my first boyfriend I selected, and I also had a pair of lesbian lovers. We would often go on double dates growing up in the Midwest in the 80s, which made it more convenient. Periodically, while Steve and I were having sex, the two girls would be next to us engaging in sex also. Steve and I only did a three-way a few times in California with another pair of lovers. Mark and Rick. I lived as a roommate with Mark and Rick while Steve was in the Navy. Mark was a chef in a posh restaurant and was a big handsome Italian guy. Rick was about my size in Louisiana Creole. The situation while my lover was in the Navy and I was living with them was the best three-way situation I ever had and enjoyable in my life. I had my bedroom, but 50% of the time, I slept in bed with those two men. That big Italian daddy was hung like a horse, and that hot Creole stud was a hot bottom. They treated me like a lover too. It was awesome. Steve came home, and it was odd for a while. They never told Steve that we had had three ways or anything else. It felt weird to me because I missed them. Well, one day, about two months later, I went out with somebody after work, and I got drunk. I picked up a guy on the beach, and he fucked me in his van. I was drinking as I walked in. The guys were sitting on the sofa watching TV. I said, Steve, come here, okay. I just got fucked in a van, but, well, it was small, and I need cock. This is what you're going to do. Mark and Rick got up to leave. I said, oh no, sit back down, guys, yes, on the couch. Staggering as I was stripping my clothing off, I told them that I was going to bend over the ottoman, and first my lover, then Rick, then Mark was going to do me. I showed them my hole. Sexually, I began begging them to show me who could do me the best. 
That was a hot time. I got real drama for a while from Steve, mostly. Drama is something that, although I try to avoid the fact, you will always have some to one degree or another. Your eyes tell him everything about how you feel. They are, in fact, your biggest weapon when it comes to winning the seduction war. When you're talking to a man you're attracted to, you might get nervous and flood your eyes. But you're better off looking at him directly and smiling while you talk or listen. Please make up your expression based on what he's saying. You can raise an eyebrow to indicate that you don't playfully believe or even wink at him. Before I had experience in dating and relationships I even was blackmailed. That is another reason I wrote this book. I lived in an inexpensive apartment complex. The apartments were small, but I was in college, and it was good enough. I worked for my next door neighbor. Lisa was my boss at the bar I barbacked at. She loved me and gave me the most effortless best paid shifts. Sounds incredible, right? I had one big problem. The required liquor license I didn't have the. I used a friend's number on the job application form. Lisa did not know, or she would have to fire me even after I got a suitable license. I needed the job badly. I got my liquor license, but there was no way to get the old information back to replace it. Lisa and I always worked together, and life was great. I had money and time to study too. Lisa lived with a hot guy named Mike. He was a jerk but gorgeous. They had gotten married in high school, and both of them were happy. Lisa was beautiful, and they were a great couple for the most part. Mike, as I mentioned, was a jerk. He was six feet tall with a slender build. Even though he was lean, his body was all muscles and perfect. He had black straight hair that accented his light skin. His eyes could melt an iceberg. Sexy and sultry all the time, even without him trying. He was a jock and worked for Bowflex as a salesman. We all got along okay, but I preferred it when Mike was not around. Mike was always home on Tuesday, and I had Tuesday off most weeks. Lisa always had to work, and then after bar hours on Tuesday, she did the books. Mike came over to my apartment on Tuesday. He was sitting at my desk looking at a computer game I had just bought. I hear, what is this, as he holds up my liquor license, which was on my desk. I had to come clean and tell him about my number on file. Mike didn't say much. He acted like since I had a good one, it was no big deal. Two Tuesdays later, Mike comes over, but it feels different. He asks me about being gay. For example, if I am a boy or a girl. He wondered how big a cock I could suck. I was very uncomfortable. However, I answered his questions. Then Mike said, I own you. If I tell Lisa, she will fire you because you put the wrong information on your application. I said, yes, I know. Mike then said, I thought about it and decided I would keep your secret, but you will have to pay me. I thought to myself, what a jerk, but okay, I have no choice. Mike said, I have in mind exactly an amount. Can you guess how much? I just shrugged my shoulders and said no. Mike stood up and walked close to me, and explained. Lisa only can get half of my cock in her mouth, and since you are gay, I figured you would get off on getting me off every Tuesday. He unzipped his pants and pulled out a 13-inch cock. You probably are thinking that I was lucky and that I would enjoy this happening to me. No, I loved Lisa and was now in a position where if I told her about Mike or my license, it would be awful. Mike was sexy as hell but a jerk. He treated me like a whore as he would roughly force me to suck and swallow his cum multiple times every Tuesday. This went on for about four months until one Tuesday. Mike came over with a bottle of booze and a gym bag. 
I had only given Mike blowjobs until Mike said, this time, you will say nothing and do what I tell you. Mike ripped my clothing off. He grabbed me hard and forcefully made me bend over the back of the sofa. I heard the zipper on the gym bag open up, and I looked over. He pulled out a great big dildo. Lisa does not like ass sex, and I don't mind it because I get great pussy. The other day I saw porn and decided to use you to play. Backquote backquote he stuck his finger in my hole, then with his other hand, he put a second finger and pulled my ass open. Mike did an excellent job, telling the truth, licking me out, and getting me wet inside. He talked filthily and degradingly to me as he switched from eating me out and fingering. Next, he was using the dildo on me, and he used it pretty safely at first, but then he got very rough with it. I think he enjoyed himself because he acted like it, and at the very end, he pulled a dildo out of me, and I felt his huge cock ramming into my ass. He fucked me savagely and hard. His pounds of deep thrusts banged hard as his balls slapped against me. I feel him come shooting and filling my insides. Mike pushed as deep as he could and his cock surged, injecting the last drop of cum in me. I moaned as his cock pulled out of me, and the juice dripped out of my hole onto the ground. He only ever fucked me that one time, and he came back a few more times for blow jobs. Common signs of a romance scammer. Online dating sites can be a wonderful tool to help find a partner. However, by being aware of the signs of a dating scam, such as bad grammar or requests for personal and financial information, you will know if you are a victim of a dating scam. Romance scammers are experts in social manipulation and can sound very convincing. Many signs of a romance scammer are subtle and insidious because the scammer is trying to build trust before they exploit you. To avoid online dating scams. Be on the lookout for these red flags when getting to know someone online. Romance scammers profess love quickly without actually meeting you. Frequently, the first sign of an online dating scam shows up when a romance scammer expresses strong emotions in a relatively short time. They may even say that they're in love with you, but it's a tactic they're using to get you to give up personal details and answers to the security questions you use to lock down your accounts across the internet. Guard your personal information carefully and be wary of a new love interest who asks for personal details soon after contact. He loves sight unseen. Love you is a statement that everyone wishes to hear. But how do you know if it's real? Scammers tell you they love you before they have ever met you in real life. Think about it. How do you know if there's real charisma there? Some people can sound great on the phone. But when you meet them, there's nothing there. Or physically, they don't meet your standards. How can someone honestly love you before having met you in person? Romance scammers claim to need money for emergencies, hospital bills, or travel. Be suspicious of anyone who asks you for financial assistance, no matter how dire their circumstances seem. If you encounter one of these storylines when you're talking to a new love interest on the internet, there's a good chance they're scamming you. I need money to support a sick relative. I need a short-term loan for airfare to visit you. I need some startup money for a business venture. I need funds to finalize a loved one's funeral. I'm a US service member overseas, and I need some money. Online romance scammers try to lure you off the dating site. Frequently, scammers convince victims to leave the dating site and use personal email or instant messaging to continue communication. At first, this might not seem like a red flag. When you get to know someone, you will naturally want to move beyond the dating site and use other forms of communication. Be very cautious when someone asks for your phone number or email address. 
This makes it even easier for them to access your personal information. If you want to communicate outside the dating site, set up an alternate email address or utilize an instant messaging app that isn't connected to personal information like your primary email and phone number. Romance scammers plan to visit, but they always cancel because of some emergency. If an online love interest makes plans to visit but always seems to change their plans at the last second because of a traumatic event, family drama, or a business loss, you should be very suspicious. Often, their cancellation will accompany a request for a short-term loan. Look out for someone who says something like I want to meet you. But I can't buy a plane ticket right now. Because of X. If you buy me a ticket, I will pay you back. I want to be together. Please pay attention to their grammar. One of the first clues of an online dating scam is bad grammar. While not everyone who has bad grammar is a scammer. If the person you are talking to online also suggests that they have a high education level. This should be a warning sign. If their grammar or sentence structure seems odd, things don't seem to add up. It is likely to be a scam. Do a quick Google search. If you are talking to someone, search their name, email address, and username. The name, email, or username may appear in search of frequent online scammers. Online scammers often use other people's online images. Sometimes online scammers adopt a real person's identity to make their scam more believable. He flaunts his income. Most people who earn a decent living wish to be wanted for who they are, not for their income. Yet, scammers often indicate that they make more than $150,000 a year to set up people who want to know them for their income and not for themselves. This way, when he says he's gotten into a jam and requests money, the unsuspecting person thinks her investment or loan will get reimbursed. Be realistic. Unfortunately, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. Be aware of people who are significantly younger than you or profess their love for you too quickly. Someone significantly younger than you might only be interested in a relationship for financial security. Remember that true love takes time, and claims of love, at first sight, could be a warning sign that you are being scammed. For example, if you are a 65-year-old retiree and a 25-year-old model shows interest in having a relationship. It should raise suspicion. He avoids questions. How tall are you? What do you do for a living? It's almost as if his mail is sent automatically like you're on his list, and this is the next standard email sent out. His answering with questions to your specific questions is a sign of a scammer as he isn't giving you an actual answer. If it begins, it eventually will end, but it could be in a week or I five years. We live in a culture that is obsessively hypersexualized and romanticized. My only piece of advice is this. Please don't fall for it, deeper into people beyond the surface. There are so many great relationships to be made with your friends, co-workers, family, or anyone around you. Don't limit yourself by placing romantic standards on the people around you as long as you're actively engaging with the people in your life who look upon you with love, spiritual or not. You're never as alone as you feel happy ever after. It's never come without fight and struggle. So think of your breakup as just another bump before reaching the final page of your life story. When you reach 50 to 55 being grumpy, having, issues, or mood swings. Well, you could be going through menopause or male menopause. I've found exceptional value over the years in the benefits of meditation, and enjoy the peace that follows, presumably, if done correctly. In the last hundred years, the average human lifespan has effectively doubled, 
and with new technology and awareness of how to live healthily. As men age, their testosterone levels drop, leading to a condition called andropause. Testosterone is a hormone produced in the testes that fuel the sex drive, changes during puberty, and mental and physical energy. It maintains muscle mass, regulates a man's fight-or-flight response, and regulates key evolutionary features. With women, the ovaries run out of ova just before or during menopause. However, the man never runs out of sperm, and a healthy male can produce sperm well into his 80s. But, symptoms like low sex drive, night sweats, hot flashes, and weight gain are common amongst men and women. It comes as a gradual and distressful decline in sexuality and overall energy with increasing moodiness. As testosterone helps regulate your mood when this level drops, men feel depressed, feel sad, and have problems like emptiness, anxiety, irritability, or anger. Exercise, it releases endorphins to put you in a good mood afterward and raises testosterone. Yes, being older sucks since you are decomposing in front of your own eyes, and maybe young guys do not look at you the way they used to, according to some research I read, men lose all their physical attraction at the age of 53 and you should find someone your age, really, but you can rely on charm. There are a bunch of ladies or dudes out there that would love to spend time with you. Some are even naked. The sex needs to be good, and it keeps the relationship going. If you want your relationship to last more than a year, there need to be genuine reasons why you're dating him that have nothing to do with sex. Sex becomes less critical as the relationship goes on. My farm is okay with a few cows, and the most significant work is all complete. My online warehouse is full of products, and I need to list more on Mercari. Soon I will sell the farm and move into town. I was making life simple in my latter years. I have a few real friends and a few I haven't given up on yet my health that's tricky considering i should have died several times it's christmas eve 2022 and this christmas is different from any i've ever had in my past it's 4 a.m and i am sitting alone reflecting on my life my long-term partner spends all his time away from me even if he is here he is not really to put it bluntly what happened i know it is really sad i had a stroke a few years ago he was so happy I did not die and agreed to help me get around and care for me. Well, that lasted six months. As I decline in health he does less and less. There have been weeks that I only see him once a day. At times I can't even walk. The reason I mention this is to warn Pete, that no matter how much you love someone when health changes your ability to care for yourself, never expect someone to be there for you. One way or another you will end up alone. To fix this you must realize you are not the person you were. You are a burden now. Others will only carry a burden for a short time before they fade away no matter their original intentions. As a result of unreliable care, I had to make hard decisions. Getting rid of my farm and moving into town is a must. In January I go to the hospital and arrange for home care. That's all okay but seeing everything I worked my whole life for, boxed for sale and the person I spent 25 plus years talking to on the phone adding away is heartbreaking. Honestly, I say nothing because I am on my way to being weak and needing constant care. I know I am out of time. How can I ask my partner to waste the next two to five years caring for me? After I go he will get nothing but a dead lover. At our age, he would be too old to find a new partner. My heart breaks knowing the best thing to do is let him go. Honestly, I would not have tried to survive my stroke if I realized the cost to those that care for me. 
Anticipatory grief is deep sadness felt during the last days of life. It can be experienced by both the dying person and the dying person's loved ones. Some people find this very painful. They may feel they are betraying their loved one if they lean at all towards letting go. The truth is, it is possible to live with both holding on and letting go at the same time. It is also grief for the other losses that go along with death, such as the loss of a companion the loss of shared memories. The loss of dreams for the future sometimes, grief from the past may resurface during this time. Denying the pain you feel now can prolong grief later on. Grief serves a purpose, whether it occurs before death or after death. People sometimes talk about how hard it is to spend time with a dying loved one. They may not want to remember their loved one as they were dying. Instead, they may want to remember how the person was before their illness. I just felt I needed to share my thoughts. I am glad to remember a fantastic life. I just need to figure out exactly how my story will end. Next, I am sharing my father and son affair Jim and Paul. Paul was like any next door neighbor. The son was about ready to go on active duty in the army. The father, Paul, was in the military himself and some high-ranking officers. I can't remember exactly his rank, but he was in command of a lot of soldiers. We were in San Antonio, Texas. I had a nice pool and yard in which his fence was at the back corner of my property. I let them use my swimming pool sometimes, and they were great neighbors. Paul had been divorced for about three years, so it was just the two men there. Paul had been swimming and was on my deck when I pulled up after a week of traveling for business. He was very handsome with his fit body and broad shoulders. I went into my house and took a shower. After showering, I went to my pool to do a few laps before crashing into bed. I was surprised to see Paul swimming when I came out. But no biggie. I dived in and started my laps. Paul was floating in the chair in the middle of the pool. I noticed as I did my laps, he was always watching me. I then hear Paul splash into the water. He is swimming alongside me. We race swimming sometimes, so even though I was tired, I did my best to outswim him. He was a good swimmer but a big guy. I had some swimming training. So, I won often. Soldiers don't like losing, you know, especially a masculine one. Before I could make the last bit of swimming distance. Paul grabs my ankle and stops me. I feel myself moving backward in the water. He pulls me near him, and we splash each other. He flips me in the air, and I splash as I hit the water. We stop roughhousing, and I am wiping my eyes. After I could see, I noticed Paul was holding me standing right in front of me. I prepared for another toss in the air. But much to my surprise, Paul pulls me close to him. One hand reaches into my trunks, and he grabs my ass. I was in shock and froze still. He tells me he has not been with a guy ever but, for a year, he has thought about fucking my ass. He explained that he didn't date women because of the job and his son was ready now not to need him. I just stayed still. Paul explained to me he didn't want anyone to know he wanted to fuck me. He said he just had to see what being with me was like. I, believe it or not, suggested he find a girl or some gay guy far from home. He said it had to be me. I felt flattered. Usually, that works pretty well for me. I need to explain. Paul was a man. An absolute stud, macho, badass, kick-ass, tough motherfucker. His voice was deep and powerful. Paul carried himself in a commanding way, and it's hard to describe. His hair was brown-reddish in a military cut. He had sexy gray-green eyes. 
He had a hairy chest and washboard stomach, a sexy tattoo on his arms which were huge with muscles. He picked me up in his arms and carried me out of the pool like it was nothing. Yes, up the ladder and no handrail. That takes some real strength and balance. He dries me off with a towel. Paul is hard. You may think I mean his cock. I mean all over his body, muscles like stone. His cock was like a flagpole that had to be 11 inches long. We walked into my home. I was going to head to the bedroom but, as soon as the back door closed, Paul threw me down on the floor. No foreplay. Nothing. He was ravenous with lust. I feel his rough hand thrust into my butt crack. I winced as Paul's big fingers roughly entered my hole. Fuck boy, your little pussy is great. He said as he pulled my hair and bit my ear. He laid on top of me. I was on my stomach with my arm being held in place. He just rammed all of me hard. I cried out in pain. He began fucking me. Luckily I was able to get over the pain I was in. Now, I am feeling good. He was so in need of sex. He was like an animal for a long time, and he was very good at fucking. I felt his cum explode inside me. After he came, he was in a daze. He then seems to realize how aggressively he did me. He had the sweetest facial expression as he began to apologize. He just had to have it. He went on to say that he hadn't been with anyone in a very long time. I was very cool about it. I said, let's take a shower, and I will show you what sex is all about. So we did, and he was awesome. Paul was worn out, and so was I so we had fallen asleep in my bed. I woke up to see Jim, Paul's son, with his fingers over his lips, and he put a hand over my mouth. I indicated I would be quiet. I slipped out of the bedroom and followed Jim to my bar near the patio. We were far enough away, we could talk, and Paul would not hear. Jim was not happy at all. He thought I must have tricked his dad or got him drunk. I calmly said, no, that was not what happened. Jim knew me, and he didn't argue at all. He knew I was a sincere person. He sat on the floor, and put his hand on his head, and hunched over. I sat on the floor next to him. I said, what is so wrong? Are you afraid your dad's gay? He looks into me and says, well, no, not really. But I am gay. I said, what the fuck all this time? It bothers me that you didn't tell me. Jim says no, I never do anything. I was going to come here tonight and tell you I wanted you. I couldn't help myself. Jim choose now to come out to me and Paul to fuck me after a long time and no hint of anything. I started to laugh so inappropriately. But Jim looked at me and then must have seen my view of the evening. He started laughing, and we got up off the floor. Then he kisses me. I back away and say, hey, you, what are you doing? Your dad just fucked the hell out of me and is in my bed as we speak. What are you doing? He puffed up and said, he is too old for you. I will show you I am more manly than him. Holy crap. I thought about what an aging drag queen told me years ago, bitch, you get in the middle of a family sex thing. Girlfriend, you run for the hills, no matter how good that cock is. I didn't listen. Jim was more significant even than his dad in prime beef. I said, well, at least wait till your dad isn't in my bed. I told the wrong thing. He grabs me and takes me to the bedroom, wakes me up, and Jim sets me in a chair. I am scared to death, and they didn't react as badly as I expected. Jim told his dad he wanted me. Paul freaked out about that, but not too bad. Paul felt uncomfortable, and Jim was aggravating him. Finally, I said, okay boys, enough of this shit. You both want to fuck me for different reasons. You men will need to work that shit out on your own.
Paul, you will tell Jim you love him. Jim, grow up. You do not need to prove anything to me. Both you men are going to fuck me here, and now and together. I continued, backquote backquote Jim and I got undressed, and Paul, you get in my bed. They just looked at me with stunned expressions. I said in a loud voice. Now. Snap to it. I said, there will be no insist crap. You will both fuck me and then get out. I need to get some sleep. I was cranky, and the old queen's voice was in my head, honey child, no matter how butch, rough, and tough a man is, when it comes to sex, the woman or queen has to be the boss. They'll be putty in your hand sister. Damn, that queen was right again. I told Paul, you go to stand at the foot of the bed. Jim lay in bed. Daddy fucks first. I told them. I sucked Jim, a bigger cock than his dad's. Paul fucked me. Okay, now they were enjoying themselves. The stress was gone, and I told them to switch places. Soon Paul came into my mouth. Jim was surprisingly fantastic in bed. I didn't let on, but that young stud was better than his dad. Both were excellent. Jim just kept fucking me. He came over and over but never stopped. I looked up at Paul's face as I sucked him, and we exchanged a look. His face seems to beam with pride over how good his son fucked me. My face looked like I needed to sleep. I was glad I was awake, however. I didn't have the heart to stop Jim. He was fucking me. True, but I could tell it's more than fucking. He touched me as if you were a lover. Not a toy. I let him go until he was done. Jim fell into the bed on my left, dad on my right hand. I passed out asleep. In the morning, both men were having coffee on my patio. They had worked it out. Jim wanted to be with me. Paul enjoyed the night but didn't have love feelings for me like Jim. I said, great, guys, let's have breakfast. So I cooked. I am at Paul and Jim's house, which I had never been to before. Oh my god, men are pigs. I cleaned up the kitchen, bathroom, clothes, and hall. I looked in the fridge, and all it had was leftover takeout. The men were due home from the base and wanted to make dinner. I went to the store and filled the fridge with simple food to prepare. I cooked them an authentic meal with everything. The guys come in, and they are shocked. They sit at the table. I served them probably the first authentic meal they had since the wife left. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. That is not an incorrect statement. Trust me. The guys were beaming, and we had just a great evening. No sex, just dinner, and drinks. They both flirted with me, and it was fun. I was ready to leave and go home, but Jim said to me, baby will you do something for me? I said, okay, sure. He says, my dad wants to be with you again. I'm not too fond of it. I am jealous. I said, okay, I get that. He then says, but I see how you look at him, and I can tell you like my dad. I sat down. He was right. I said, I love you both. But your dad is closer to my age, and you're leaving soon for duty. Then Jim started to cry. And he says, yes, I know. So promise me you will be good to my dad. I do love him and you. I was amazed at the love Jim had for his dad and me to set us free. Paul and Jim one last time together. Jim was leaving in two days. Paul and Jim were at my house, and I had made a good meal for the whole neighborhood. After the party, both men were a bit drunk. Jim says, dad, you don't have to wait till I leave. We're going to have him tonight. Then tomorrow before I go. He is only mine, for one last fling. We were drunk, so it sounded good at the time. We went to my bedroom, and they both did their best to outdo each other. I just loved it all.
The next night was very romantic. Jim and I did it right. Jim told me one thing I will never forget, thinking of you makes me smile cause knowing that you love me so much means the world to me. You're so sweet like the smell of roses and you're so romantic like the sunset. I am keeping the night to myself, but it was awesome. Paul and the new boy. I enjoyed a long relationship with Paul. And I found out that I most likely was going to need to move for business. I knew Paul needed a boy, but he would not probably choose well. He only knew my gay friends, and most of them were nice but not good enough. I am at the store one day, and this cute boy is in line at the checkout. He looks exactly as Paul had described the perfect man. His lover had just broken up with him on the phone. He was upset. I suggested he come to my place and meet some people I had coming over. Only Paul was coming. He agreed. He, Billy, wanted me and Yontanto to test him out. We went swimming Tan Hen got out to have a drink. Billy was standing in front of me with a towel around his waist. His body was lightly tanned skin over ripples of defined muscles. I liked that he had a sexy little line of hair, running up his washboard stomach. He noticed me checking him out. Saying nothing drops his towel. His cock was nice and just the right size for me Billy jumped down on his knees and put a hand on each of my legs. I feel his hands move up under my swim trunks. He looked hot in between my legs. He started to play with my balls and cock. I just let him. I looked down, and I could see his face nuzzling my crotch. I could tell Billy was hungry for my cock. He pulls my shorts off. Billy, on his knees, started licking my shaft up and around, then put it in his mouth. After he sucked me for a while I picked him off the floor and told him to stand in front of me. He had a pretty thick white, pink head, ba ig cock. Foreskin too. I sucked him and it got even bigger. I deep swallowed him a few times and bam he shot such a load. I felt his hot cum shooting into my mouth. It came flooding out. I liked looking at his pink small nipples in his short chest hair. Billy's uncut dick hung down over smooth balls. It was getting hard. Billy said. I want to suck, may I? I nodded as I pointed to my cock. Billy jumped down on his knees and put a hand on each of my legs. He looked horny and hot in between my legs. He pulls my shorts off. Billy licked my balls then as he looked up at me, licked the head of my cock. He goes down on me. He is doing well. I can feel him getting more and more of me and him. Then I see his ass in the mirror that is across the room from us. I got turned on when I saw Billy's finger reach back. He touched his firm round butt's tiny pink hole. Billy's butt arched up as he saw me lick my fingers. I lightly spank his ass. It was hot seeing a slight red handprint on his cheek. Then I force my head with one hand down on my cock. I rub my finger all around his hole. Teasing him as he gagged on my rod. He was lost sucking on me. His mouth stretched, twisting as he swallowed my cock up and down. I pulled him off my dick. That was not an easy thing to do. He climbed up on the sofa and lay on top of me, curling up on my chest. His hands explored me all over. I was hot now, it was all I could do to not throw him on the floor and fucking savagely. When you spoke to me with your deep voice, I thought you could do anything you wanted to me, Billy told me. I took him to my bedroom. I am standing next to the bed, and he crawls on the bed, flashing me his cute ass. I had him get on all fours and I got behind him. I will give him something to remember me by. I went to his sweet hole and started to lick him out. He jumped, I could tell this was Billy's first rim job. That got me even hotter, I went deeper. Billy moaned with pleasure. 
I normally would have just plowed him. Instead, I went gently and put myself in that hot ass. He was ready for more. I did him in every way possible. We moved all over the bedroom. Billy was r enjoying the sex too. We came a few times. Then we went swimming and soon Paul showed up in full army gear. He was running late. I saw the immediate attention each guy gave the other. The boy looked at me and was smart. He knew exactly what I was up to. They hit it off great, but Paul kept fidgeting. I knew he was feeling odd because of me. I took over and told them I was going to clean up and they should go swimming. I will be out shortly before they go out. I told Paul, if you care for me as I do you, see if he will be able to replace me. Paul started to cry. I said, none of that. This is just how life is. I never went swimming. They went to the pool. I went to bed and cried. I didn't want it over, but it was time. The following day Paul came to my door, and I could see they had hit it off. He came to my house one last time. I acted like it was nothing. I said how I would miss him. I left soon after, never to hear from them or return. That drag queen had it all correct. I feel proud because I have helped 1000s of people over the years. I've worked so much, invested successfully, and have been successful and broke too. It made no difference to me as long as expenses could be met. I was asked, what would you do differently if you got to live your life over, I gave that a lot of thought. The only thing I would change is trusting others. I would not do it as much as I did. It was a harsh lesson learned that people are only honest when it suits them. Some people are like that, and they aren't even aware they are that way. Farm help Kevin came to my farm to split wood. I did not know him. James was paid to do the job but got arrested and would not get out of prison for about three months. James knew Kevin from jail. Kevin owed James money. James sent him to split my wood and cut Kevin's debt to James. I didn't care as long as my wood got cut. Kevin calls, I will come over tomorrow early and cut wood. He hung up. I wake to hear Kevin splitting wood. I decided to get him a coffee and a frozen water bottle to drink. Plus, I wanted to see what he looked like. I will never forget the view of him shirtless swinging that axe. There is a light fog in, then the rays of the morning sun are shining diagonally through the trees across his body. He was super fit. You could see every muscle rippling with sweat as his arms swang over his head and crashed into the log, splitting them all. His tanned body had sexy tattoos, rippling muscles and was mainly smooth. I handed him the coffee and the wat looking. He was very grateful, but he was looking at me very odd, very strong, and analyzing. He was a very violent, dangerous man, and I could tell, so I kept my mouth shut. I offered to stack the wood and bring over the slices to split and cut his job in half. I would do it at least for a while until I had to go. Kevin and I worked together at a good pace. I couldn't help staring at him. It was the beautiful thing saying that huge macho stud of a man smashing that wood into pieces, his sweat pouring off of him. My cell phone rang, and my morning appointment was cancelled. We did the woodpile job. Kevin was happy because of half the work in half the time. I was pleased because I got to watch a sexy man all morning. Kevin comes into the house to cool off. He asked if he could shower, and I offered to wash his jeans. I gave him a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt to wear. The shower I heard, and I sat in my chair. I closed my eyes and imagined Kevin naked in the shower. I dozed off. Hey. Kevin said as I woke up. He is standing in sweatpants but has O shirt. He said. Your t-shirt was too small. I offered to look for a larger one. Don't worry, I am fine. He said. 
I must still have been sleepy because I said. Damn, right, you're fine. I realized as soon as I said that, oh shit, I hope he missed that, he got it. James told me you were gay, but first could only tell a little by how you look at me. He made a face and said, I liked seeing you check me out. As he said that, he grabbed his cock. I could see its head's shape and colossal size even with his sweats on. He was tensing his washboard stomach muscles and pumping his chest large and biceps as his other hand held that massive meat. Kevin said, do not tell James, or first will kick your ass. Do you get me? I never did a guy. I couldn't believe how big his dick was. He was very proud of it, too, because when he got in front of me, he pushed me down to my knees and held it up in front of my face so that I could admire it. He slapped my face tanned hand hit his cock on my face. Kevin said, you like that, don't you, being slapped around a little bit. Hum, what will I do with you? I know, I will let you suck my dick. It was about 12 inches long, as big around as a beer can, and had a big head peeking out of his foreskin. As I looked up at him, he gave me a nasty sneer and ordered me to, open your mouth, boy. Do as I say. Okay, there it is hard for you, yes there you go. The boy put that in your mouth. His cock was so fat that I popped my jaw opening my mouth wide enough to get it in. He roughly jammed its head. Against the back of my throat. My mouth had never been. So full. He grabbed my hair and held my head in place while he bangs his huge cock in and. Out of my mouth. As he fucked me, he snarled, suck my. Dick, oh yeah, take it, yeah suck that big cock, yeah, go all the way down. Yes, that's it, choke on it. You like that big cock in you, don't you, boy? I had my mouth full but said, yes, sir. He said, oh yes, boy, suck that cock, take that dick, yeah that it baby, keep swallowing my cock down. Feel how hard it is for you. His huge cock was pounding faster and more deeply while I moaned, feeling him more grind inside me deep. I said, oh yes, I want you to come on my face and in my mouth. Kevin said, oh, come on, boy, all the way down. I know it's big. I am going to come deep in your mouth, and you will swallow it all. Quote. He began pumping my mouth more challengingly and demandingly. Even while I gagged, I could feel his juice beginning to feel in my mouth and throat, and then he blasted substantial, thick loads of hot cum down deep inside. My throat became gurgling up, and some came dripping out of my mouth. Fuck boy, that felt fucking awesome. Kevin said as he pulled on his sweatpants. We talked for a short while, and he came by a couple of times to have a beer and blow. I liked it because every time he came over, he would do something on my farm for me. I hitched a ride and found cops and Indians. This was really scary. I was riding with a California to Texas. He told me he was going to deliver one car and buy two from his friends and needed me to drive the second car back. We are in Utah in the desert. It's about 2 a.m. and I wake up with cop lights pulling us over. Buck, my friend, says, keep quiet. Long story short, the car was stolen and I did not know. They arrested him and brought me in for questioning. I was alone in a holding room handcuffed to the table. I remember thinking, oh shit what have I gotten involved with? The cop came in and told me that Buck informed them I knew nothing about the car. They had run my records and saw no criminal history so were going to just ask me a few questions and release me. I sat cuffed in the room for about 30 minutes and a big cop I had not seen before came into the room. The cop said, Buck told us you're gay and that's why he had you with him, to give him head. 
I said, yes sir and he offered me pay to drive a car from Texas to California. The cop then left me cuffed, put me in his patrol car and he dove me into the desert. He pulled off the highway little ways and stopped. He had me till cuffed and out of the car. He tells me to bend over the hood face down and he would uncuff me. I felt his cock rubbing against my ass as he held my bound wrists. I feel my pants were undone and he grabbed my ball he squeezed them and said, don't make a fucking sound. He pulled my pants off and I felt his flashlight handle forced into my hole. I yelped as it entered me. Next, I remember hearing him unzipping his pants and I see his utility belt on the hood near my face. You fags are only good for one thing, he said as I felt his big cock rammed in me hard. I was not in pain and his 7-inch cock was banged in me. He came quickly inside me as hushed as deep as he could. I should have been pissed off but I must admit that I fucking loved it. He released me and drove off. I was about 10 miles from the nearest town so I started walking. By the way, it is cold at night in the desert. I broke a cold and my ass was full of cum. An old pickup truck pulled over. Sam said, hop in, I will give you a ride. Sam was an American Indian. He was sexy with a muscular body and smooth skin. He had a western button-up shirt on and jeans. Sam asked me what happened. I told him everything. Sam said, it's because you are pretty, it was wrong but I mean it as a compliment. Then he took me to his house to clean up and wait for the bus station to open. We arrived at his place and he lived alone. It was very clean but you could tell he was very poor. He was fantastic to me. I took a shower and he offered me his best sweats to wear. He only had a fold-out bed which he put me in. I immediately fell asleep. I woke up and Sam was asleep on the floor. I woke him and said I would behave if he wanted to sleep in the bed. He chuckled and got in bed saying, I did not have to behave. Sam held me and gently caressed my face as I felt his cock hard against me. Sam said, you have pretty eyes, he kissed me very passionately, it didn't feel like a man-on-man -man kiss. I was definitely the girl here. He turned in his bed so I was on my stomach face in the pillow. I remember how hot it was feeling his smooth skin with manly muscles on top of me. He has me on my knees and I moaned as he licked my hole with his tongue. I have been licking out before but this guy was amazing. He licked me like he would a woman. Sam slapped his 10-inch cock on my ass and rubbed it over my swollen hole he said, I can tell that cop was rough in you, I am going to show you how a real man fucks. He did exactly that. His cock was amazing. At times I felt like he was riding me like a horse. Other times I was as if he pumped inside me in a steady slow motion for a long time. He would come in me and not stop fucking. Sam would just move me to another position and fuck me again. All the time he would kiss and caress me. He sucked my nipples and nibbled my ears. I felt as if I was his. Never did Sam touch my cock at all but everything else was amazing. We lost track of time and it was the next morning before he finished with me. It was the most amazing sexual experience I ever felt. Remember I am broke and have nobody to call for a bus ticket. I ask Sam if he knows of a job so I can buy a bus ticket. Sam tells me to stay at his house and that he has to go to work. He tells me he called his uncle and he would come by and talk to me about a job he might have done for some office work. Sam tells me his uncle, Mike, manages a casino on the Indian reservation. Mike arrives and is dressed very nicely in a western style suit. He is a big guy and built. He made me feel a little nervous because you could tell he was dangerous when the situation called for it. 
Mike sits down and says, Sam told me everything, even that he was with you. I said, really? Okay. Mike continues by telling me, Sam enjoyed fucking you I feel a bit too much so this is what I will do. I will buy you a ticket and put you on a bus home. I said, I can work a day to earn the money and will not mess with Sam. I am not trash just because I am gay. Sam has been nothing but nice to me and I would never do anything that would hurt him. Mike looked at me very hard. He sat back in his chair and said, okay, I get it, I see you clearly and you are not as I expected. He stood up and walked over to me and looked down at me and said, I want something for my money so I will see what your ass is like. He told me this not as an offer but as a command. Mike was not anything like Sam. He was a big burly man. His cock was 11 inches and thicker than normal. He was angry when he threw me down and bent me over. My hole and swollen insides were still moist with Sam's cum inside me. Mike had my ass cheeks grasped in his hands as he pulled them apart. His large cocky thrust in and all out of me penetrated me over and over. I was hot but the feeling of being violated and penetrated was definitely not affectionate. This was real time in my life I felt like a whore slut. I remember that are thinking about one experience I had the best and worst event of my life. Mike changed after fucking me for a while. I don't know exactly why maybe he saw I was obeying him or it felt good. He finished inside of me without violence. After Mike said, I how admit I have never had an ass that good before. He had me dressed and drove me to the bus station. He gave me $500 and said, you be careful and sorry I was hard on you at first. Squeeze your hole while he's inside you as bottoms, you obviously need to loosen your hole W for him to insert himself inside of you. But once you're warmed up, periodically squeeze your hole as he's penetrating you. The pressure not only feels really good for him but for you too. If you think you're an expert, think again. There's always more to be learned. There are plenty of more basic sex tips out there for tops and bottoms who want to strengthen their game in bed, but what about the experts? If you're having plural of sex, you probably already know how to use a lot of lube. Or conversely, your anus is so warmed up, you don't even need any. You also know more than three types of sexual positions. So these are some tips for tops bottoms versatile men who don't need a 101 crash course, but a 401 masters level seminar. Switch condoms between partners so hopefully you're doing this already, but if you're topping a number of guys you should be switching condoms between partners, no matter how squeaky clean their anuses are. You don't want to transfer any bacteria or anything else between partners. Rule of thumb, hands should always be busy if your hands aren't doing something then you're doing something wrong. They can be holding on to the bedpost for dear life. They can be touching your partner's chest, jerking them off, holding their hand. Your hands should de never be lying by your side doing nothing. So if you're a pro, you already know what kegel exercises are and how they strengthen your PC muscle. If you're topping, do a kegel squeeze inside of him. It moves your penis up and down, hitting different places, which feels really good for the man bottoming. Rating cock rings there's really nothing much more to add than I've never met anyone who doesn't like it. It feels good for the top helping him to achieve a more full body orgasm, and it feels really good for the bottom, because you're vibrating his booty it's just a win-win, and I'm surprised why more guys aren't using them all that damn time. Dating tips for gay introverts spread those cheeks wide before devouring his hole. You want to get up in there. Pull his cheeks apart as far as they go before feasting on that cake. What to do if you're not kink compatible change up locations. 
Are you a pro or are you a pro? Pros don't have sex in the bedroom every single time. They take their lovemaking sessions to the living room, laundry room, outdoors, and even sex clubs. Breathe's such a simple thing to do, and it's advice that every sex expert gives, yet I find myself and so many others getting so excited that they forget to breathe during sex. Breath control helps you manage your orgasms and can delay them. So it's particularly good to pay attention to breathing if you have a tendency to get a little too denticulate prematurely. If you're a pro, you should know to give direct, explicit feedback too. That feels good. Do more of that. But there's also the more subtle feedback, which some guys prefer to receive. Moan loudly if he does something you like while blowing you. Arch your hips so he hits the spot you want him to hit. Guide his hands where you want them to these are ways to communicate what you want sexually without being blunt. In general, people kiss the way they like being kissed. If they use a lot of tongues, they want tongue in return. Deep throating your dick, that's probably how they like receiving oral. Sometimes this isn't the case, as subs prefer doms, not other subs, but if you're not engaging in a play that is supposed to have a power discrepancy, this is a good general rule to live by. Double your foreplay time and tease maybe you're already good about this, but I'm just going to go off on a limb and assume you're not. I, too, have a tendency to want to get to 10, but when I have more foreplay, more kissing, and more teasing prior to getting down to business, before so much better. Spread those cheeks wide before devouring his whole. Wide. None of this baby spread nonsense. You want to get up in there. Pull his cheeks apart as far as they go before feasting on that cake. HIV prevention for gay male couples in the US. Yet estimates indicate that between one and two-thirds of US men who have sex with men acquire HIV while in a primary relationship, e.g., gay male couples. In response to these statistics, research has been conducted to better understand gay male couples' relationships, including their sexual agreements. Many gay male couples in the US establish a sexual agreement, which is an explicit mutual understanding between two main partners about what sexual and other behaviors they agree to engage in and with whom while in the relationship. Although some research about sexual agreements has been conducted, little is known on whether aspects of gay male kuplabout, sexual agreements e.g., establishment, type, and adherence vary as a function of their relationship length. The present study aimed to fulfill this gap of knowledge, which may lead to a better understanding of how agreements can be used for developing HIV STI prevention interventions. A national, cross-sectional, internet-based study was used to collect dyadic data from 361 U.S. gay male couples. Men in each couple completed the questionnaire independently. All analyses were employed at the couple level our findings showed that the longer the couples had been in their relationship, the more likely they would concur about having a sexual agreement. As relationship length increased, the proportion of couples who disagreed about their current agreement type increased. No direct trend was found for recent adherence to an agreement, however, the likelihood of ever breaking an agreement increased as relationship length increased. Another question I was asked was, what advice do you give? That's easy. Only live the day in a way you sleep with a clear conscience and each day make sure that you do something to improve somebody else's life. I have always lived that way, and it has worked for me mostly. I hope you enjoyed it and found this book useful. 50 years s active experience and 25 years of the last year I have been monogamous. I can go on a date with men if I ask permission, I only have had 5 dates other than my lover in all these years. Out of those dates I only messed around with three men.
One I really liked but he lied. He said he was much older but after I met him I made a dash for the door. He was not 21. One was just a buddy, married, that wanted to learn how to be fisted. No sexual between us. One hot sexy 30 year old I banged in a hotel. My lover was not happy but he was so hot I could not say no. I came immediately home and confessed. No issue for me but my lover was not happy. That was just before my stroke 3 years ago. To recap, it's our 25th anniversary. The following note I slipped under his pillow. My long-term lover and my 25th anniversary. Harry. Here's a message from the sincerest part of my being to let you know that there's nothing in this world that I value more than your love. You are all I fantasize about every moment I spend alone. You're the rarest and most special gift of life to me and that I could ever ask for. Baby, you know that there's nothing that can ever erase the love my heart holds for you. As each day passes by, my feelings for you keep increasing. Suffice it to say that my love for you grows on a per second basis. As there's rarely any minute, I go through without thinking about us. You have captured my heart to the point that no one else has ever done. Here's a message from me to let you know that you're a dream come true in my life. You're one person that knows the deepest part of my heart. Because the love I have for you lies right there. I don't remember the exact words to use. But I wish you could see beyond the physical. I hope you can see that your love takes my soul to a realm that knows only love and happiness. Sweetheart, you can surely tell that I can hardly go through a whole day without setting my mind's eyes on you. Although we were not born together, I have realized that we were specially created for each other. And that is the very reason our souls are compatible. I adore you much more than I can find words to tell you. You're the same person that makes me see the beauty of love. And in you, I see everything a man needs to be happy in a relationship with everyone in the world, and I am sure that you will be one of the most blessed people. And I say this because I am a massive beneficiary of your goodness. Baby. Here's a message from my heart telling you that I will always love you. I can't wait to enjoy your company. Talk to your smile and touch your hands and your shoulders. Look in your eyes to see me in it. And also, you look in my eyes to see yourself in the eye and have opened my heart and soul to you only. And I hope to share my feelings, dreams, and life with you. I am for you. My love and I will wait for you anytime you like. I send magic kisses to your sweet lips to test the sweetness of your lips. I wish and pray that this beautiful and fantastic bond of ours keeps us together as long as we live. I still love you so much after all these years. And I hope you have a splendid night's rest and wake up to this letter. Love always, Roger. If you are thinking of starting the search for Mr. Right then, it is important to ensure you know what type of guy is right. How he talks about others. Does he talk positively or negatively about others? Does he gossip and spread rumors? Or does he not say anything if it's unkind? Stick with the ones who keep negative opinions they might have to themselves. The type of friends he has. Who are? The people he's choosing to surround himself with? What is his best friend like? If his best friend is a pompous asshole you have to wonder why he would choose someone like that. If he keeps his word. Don't fall for every excuse he can come up with when he doesn't follow through. If you want a good relationship with someone it starts with trust and how can you trust someone if you can't believe. What he says because he doesn't follow through or commit to anything. 
how he talks about himself. Does he brag and have an ego? Or is he humble and doesn't think much of the things he does? Stick with the ones who are humble. How he treats those doing a service for him. You can tell everything about someone based on how they treat a stranger doing something for them. Pay close attention to that. Consistency to how he treats you. He doesn't just treat you well in the beginning and it fades out. He treats you well all the time. Showing you that he respects you is the most important thing in the world to him. How he handles confrontation. Does he go silent? Does he stay mad? Does he lose it? Does he use it against you in the future? Or does he talk about it with you? Then forgive you if you're wrong. And move on never bringing it up again. How he speaks of his exes. Does he badmouth every single one of them? If he does, there is a chance that could be you one day. Or does he still have a lot of respect for the people he dated and invested time into? Stick with the guys who still speak kindly of their ex. I want to mention that I am into very smart guys. That is number one. Turn on for me. I've known some very good looking men who never did anything for me unless they were intelligent as well. And vice versa, I've been massively attracted to average looking guys who manage to interest me intellectually first. Seduce my brain, intrigue me and challenge me mentally and my heart and body will follow. I should add that I am relatively good looking and get approached by men regularly. Above average looking ones as well as average looking ones. This is how I know that looks are not important to me. INT elect is this important to me because I have an above average IQ. I get easily bored by people, men, who can only lead small talk. I just thought I would share my taste. He apologizes when he's wrong. When he's wrong he owns up to it and tries to make it right. It's that simple. He doesn't play games. He's honest, upfront, and forward. When it comes to pursuing you, he lays it out on the table what he has to offer. He doesn't try and play some texting game of delayed responses or blowing up your newsfeed. If he likes you, you're never gonna have to wonder it. He takes things slow. He doesn't try and sleep with you right off the bat. Because the truth is he's not looking for someone like that. He's looking for someone he can build a life with and when you're doing that you don't need to rush things. He can tell exactly what his goals are. You ask him about the future and it's not an ambiguous response of not knowing. He knows exactly where he wants to be and how he can get there. He works hard and he's looking for someone who can match his ambition. He remembers the things you tell him. It's the little details he makes a point to remember. So many people talk to hear themselves talk but he wants to learn more about you and the things you care about. I'm going to end today by sharing a few more of my feelings about a man and what matters. Besides the intellect, I am also attracted to men with a strong personality. That means, confidence, ability. To overcome hardships by remaining optimistic, being able to laugh even if life throws difficulties to your face, creative approach to life problems, being able to care about and be compassionate to people in your life who are less smart, less fortunate. Men who are generous to themselves and others, both emotionally and financially. 
I hope this gives you an idea of my type. This is not by any means a generalization, though I claim that there are a lot of men out there who think and feel like me. Be brave, be smart, be creative, be kind. And then it won't matter how you look to a lot of men. Certainly not to me.